It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And we welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. All along the Fast Break Sports Network, Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. And a special guest with us tonight from ESPN The Ticket, (laughs) Dave Morrison has made the trip to Huntington to the studios here of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the campus of Marshall University. So fortunate that we have them to host us. And Dave, so fortunate to have you with us in studio tonight. I appreciate it. Nice being here and made it in two hours and five minutes from Hinton. In a tank. In a tank. (laughs) I passed him coming down 64 tonight. (laughs) That tank's getting some notoriety this evening, I think. Yeah, check out at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. We've got a picture of the tank. It's parked outside on Hauger Boulevard here in Huntington. But we're so happy to have you on this Friday night, February 17th, 2017. The 11th episode of the season out of 15. You know what that means, guys? It's tournament time. It's tournament time. We've got girls sectional play beginning tonight. Several games. Now, there are still many girls' regular season games tonight as well, but quite a few games. And, guys, and Dave, it's hard to believe right now, there are some girls whose seasons have come to an end. Yeah, it's the 17th, 18th of February. These seasons are already over. It goes by quicker every year, I think. It does seem to just, just – it's like hitting the gas pedal and not letting go, and, and that seems to be the case Every Friday night, of course, we've got a, a lot to uh, give you tonight on the program. Uh, we'll talk with Bill Nestor, uh, voice of the Robert C. Bird Flying Eagles in a few moments. But we know you're here for scores. And, and Joe, before we get into these scores, though, uh, what a week. We don't want to go too much into this right, right now, but... Um, it's it's been a wild and crazy week is <laughs> yeah, I mean you know these schools are winding down their schedules it's uh, some of these schools are already having their senior nights already played their final games in their home gymnasium and you know they're down to one and two games and man it's it's hard to believe it's this time of the year already and this is the time of year Dave when you want to play your best and I think this for for boys teams who have about a week to sometimes a week and a half still of regular season play this is where each game you want to find something to make you better for the next as you go along and you're seeing that i think with teams like woodrow wilson this week they play three ranked teams they've beaten two of those already capital was a rematch won that one and uh, they played Parkersburg, rematch, won that one. Now they'll get to play Huntington tomorrow. You know, when I was driving down, went by the Civic Center. Everybody wants to be at the Civic Center here in about three or four weeks. And then I went past South Charleston where Woodrow Wilson plays tomorrow. Went past Winfield. Oak Hill plays in Winfield tomorrow. So big state, or a small state by as states go. But along the drive, a lot of things uh, reminded me of the area. And you've got Team Woodrow playing very well. Westside with an impressive win over Bluefield. Last night saw the Summers County girls beat Bluefield. I think the people in Bluefield will now pay me to stay out of their games. <laughs> yeah, there are some schools that would probably pay for me to stay away from uh, their games as well. And uh, I know we'd all pay for Joe sitting on playing Joe. But no, uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe brings good luck generally to his teams, actually, uh, over the course of time. I'll tell you what. Before we and we'll do the scoreboard right after this, but those Scott Skyhawks boys basketball team, 
that might be one of the most markedly improved programs over the course of the season this year. You know, they really started out flat. Uh, they were a lot of concerns. New coach, uh, you know, and a new style of pro. You know, their style of play is a little different. But you know, they just kind of kept etching away at it, and they pulled off a big upset over Sissonville last night, and uh, really opened some eyes. So. And that's a like I said, that's a ball club that suddenly that sectional becomes just a little more interesting. And on top of that. There was no seniors playing for Scott Boat. They only have two seniors on the team. Both of them were playing injured last night. Uh, uh, Alan Johnson uh, has a wrist injury, and uh, Andrew Day has an ankle injury. So you know, you just you wonder. You know, is it you know just the the program? You know, are they gelling or whatever? But unfortunately, with no senior leadership, they come alive last night. We know you're here for scores, and we've got a lot to get through tonight. We're still working on building the scoreboard out, but Joe, we'll let you start off with the boys' scores. And looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. It's Bel Air of Ohio leading Cameron at the end of three by a score of 53-39. It's the Weir Red Raiders falling tonight to Harrison Central of Ohio, 63-53. It is St. Clairsville, Ohio. A lot of uh, cross-the-border schools playing tonight. Uh, St. Clairsville is, has now defeated John Marshall by a score of 66-55. Parkersburg South, the Patriots defeat uh, Beaver Local of Ohio, 92-59. Wheeling Park downs Oak Glen, 67-54. Parkersburg Big Reds, a winner tonight over Spring Valley, by a score of 70 to 57. George Washington defeats Hurricane 62-42. It was Fayetteville. The Pirates go to no actually this is a halftime score. 36-24 is a lead James Monroe. On down to uh, the uh, another game it's at the half. Lincoln County leads Buckhannon Upshur 26-25. Fayetteville, the Pirates uh, are leading at the end of three, James Monroe. That score's actually in there twice, but we have a score update, 45-31. It is Frankfurt. The Falcons lead Hampshire County, uh, 47-32. That game is still in the fourth quarter. Bluefield, the Beavers, they fall tonight, or actually have a win tonight, I'm sorry, over Greenbrier East, 56-46. It was the Greenbrier West Cavaliers defeating uh, Montcom, 75-50. Musselman leads Hedgesville 33-23. That game is at the end of the third quarter. In a final, it's Polka over Herbert Hoover in overtime 51-48. South Garrett, oh, or, yeah, South Garrett, Maryland, and Kaiser are all tied up at the end of three at 46. It was the Martinsburg Bulldogs over actually leading Spring Mills 47-38. That game at the end of three. It is Richwood falling to Midland Trail tonight, 77-73. That game is a final. Mingo Central in a close one over the Nitro Wildcats, 65-60. That game is a final. At the half, it is Pikeview leading the Van Bulldogs, 33-26. Princeton downs Wyoming East, 55-44. Riverview is leading or actually has defeated Liberty Raleigh, 68 28 and our final score uh, this break at the end of three the Logan Wildcats lead the Winfield Generals by a score of 36-33. Ryan, let's take a look at the girls scores. Girls high school scores, we don't have many of them. We're still working on them right now. 
into the first quarter in the Class A Region 4 Section 1 tournament. It's Calhoun County 19, Work County 8. At the half, the Bridgeport Indians lead Elkins 24-16. Final score tonight, Riverview defeats Liberty Raleigh 68-26, the final in that one. And in the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament, it was Greater Beckley Christian defeating Grace Christian 49-29 behind 14 points from Grace Mitchell. That's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. As you said, we're working on those girls' scores. Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels would normally be with us, but right now his team is playing in the Region 4 Section 2 tournament uh, at home against Tug Valley right now. So we're waiting to, uh, to hear from Coach Marone on that one a little bit later on tonight. So, uh, guys, before we go to Bill Nestor, anything there that surprises you? I think uh, there's a couple of scores there. I know a couple of conference games that were really close, uh, maybe a little surprised. But like you said, this is a time you want to be playing your prime. And, you know, on any given night, the team that uh, performs the best could, you know, maybe pull off an upset. A team that we have followed right along with that mindset has been the Eagles of Robert C. Bird. Um, Bird is 11-8 and eight on the season. And right now we go to the voice of the Eagles. That is Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. And Bill, first off, welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. I've been excited all week, waiting for this opportunity, and glad to be uh, be with you here on the program. Well, the Eagles have been playing well after beating Westside. We talked about that last week. Westside turned around and went to Wyoming East and won, and won at Bluefield right after that. But Robert C. Bird unable to continue that momentum on Tuesday with a, a tough Valentine's night home loss to East Fairmont. Yeah, guys, tough loss there. And, you know, it's uh, one of those things where East Fairmont, uh, pretty solid team. And, you know, when you look at Marion County uh, with Fairmont Senior, East Fairmont, you throw in North Marion, and uh, they've got a pretty good uh, three-way nucleus there going on. And, and East Fairmont, the Bees, uh, Ty Astorino's done a great job with them, very athletic, very talented. And, you know, uh, when you look back, these two teams have played twice this year, and the first time they played, East Fairmont really ramped up the pressure, full-court pressure, caused a lot of turnovers, which led to easy transition buckets, and that's how they got that win. So you look at this game uh, here this week, RCB with a much better job against that full-court pressure, did a great job not only handling it, but also getting some points out of it with some three-on-one, some two-on-one opportunities. But the difference was going into the fourth quarter play, a real tight ball game. But the Bees went to a half-court pressure defense, and uh, trapped in the high trapping areas, and Robert Siebert had problems with that. And in result, the Bees got the win. So uh, something else to work on for the Flying Eagles. And, and you're right, in terms of momentum, losing the game, uh, it was frustrating. But at least there's some foresight in what you have to do to get better and what you have to do to get those wins. So, uh, you know, really a tough one against the Bees. But, but overall, a learning curve, and you learn some more things. You go back to the drawing board with one week left in the regular season and see if you can't uh, work on correcting those issues. And it is a busy week coming up for RCB. Obviously, the rivalry game at home tomorrow night with Bridgeport. And then uh, next week, a game at home against Musselman, who is one of the top AAA programs in the Eastern Panhandle, one of the top AAA teams this year uh, before 
a uh, closing up regular season play at Grafton uh, next Thursday. So three games coming up for the Eagles this week. Uh, These three should have them ready for postseason, that's for sure. You're exactly right, Ron. You know, it's an opportunity to uh, get these three in and see where you're going to be at the end there and then starting the sectional play. You know, this uh, crosstown rival Bridgeport game, huge for both teams because it could determine the number one seed in this section. And uh, that's that's a big bonus for either team to be able to host that game if they should both get to that sectional final. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I don't mention that Coach Bill Bennett, I just uh, honored for winning his 250th game as a head coach and Robert Seabird, so it's a nice honor there as well. And then you talked about Musselman, Coach Basile coming in. Of course, uh, his dad, a legendary coach at Notre Dame High School. And so getting him back into town, that's going to be a nice uh, a nice chance to send off the seniors at RCB uh, with a senior night uh, against that Musselman team. And then finishing up with the Bearcats, who Robert Seabird beat once earlier in the year, but they're a very talented team. And Coach Johnson has them playing some good basketball here as of late. So these uh, last three games down the stretch, I should tell a tale for the Slang Eagle team as they head into the second season. I think we'll find out. We'll have a lot more, um, a lot better idea of that ball club next week as they get ready to head into sectional play. Bill Nestor, always a pleasure, and we'll have a lot to talk about next week, obviously. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show and a great weekend as well. Thanks, you too. That's Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, voice of the Flying Eagles. Right now, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll have Mike Goddard and Jared Robinson, or Robertson, excuse me. They had the, um, they're involved with Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers, picking up their fourth consecutive win. And the coach, Rick Marone, joins us as well as basketball Friday night continues after our first break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention your name tonight. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Tweet us your team's score. Give us your comments on the game. Hey, and the girls' sectionals, too. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Big shout-out to some of the people following us tonight on Twitter. New followers include John Wood. At J-O-O-3032. Film of the year, Cameron Awkward, Big Dog Down, Patrick, Brianne Caldwell, and WTSQ. Thanks for following us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also text the show, or you can call us tonight. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Text the show, 304-249-4924. Text the show at 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can connect to the show. It's all at basketballnight.com. 
And make sure you sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all teams in West Virginia. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network 916 on now this back to your host coach rick marone and ryan epling Epling, dave morrison of espn the ticket as well as joe lindell happy to have you along with us as we roll on through basketball friday night in west virginia the fastest three hours in radio with you until midnight more scores rolling in we'll get to those in a moment but First, we go back to the phone lines. We have Mike Goddard, play-by-play announcer, along with Jared Robertson, assistant coach of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers, as they pick up their fourth consecutive win. And this is with WRLB Radio in Lewisburg. And, uh, guys, first off, a fantastic win tonight. Uh, a nice win for the Cavaliers over Montcalm. Yeah, Greenbrier West uh, got their fourth uh, win in a row. Uh, actually six out of the last seven getting um that time of year where you want your team to be uh peaking and uh it seems like the cavaliers are getting things together and uh getting on a roll here at the right time of the season and and you guys can answer this whomever wants to take control of, of that of this but um coming off let's go back to tuesday night uh, the Valentine's Day game at Webster County, a 72-71 overtime win. Uh, Webster County, pretty good ball club to go in there to beat them in overtime on the road. That's that's an outstanding win this time of year. Hey, guys, this is Coach Robertson. I just want to thank you for having us on. Um, yeah, that was a great win for our guys at Webster County. That's a really good ball club. A lot of athletic kids that can shoot the ball and and we're a lot bigger than them and probably a lot a lot slower, so it was good that our kids had a, a lot of effort to come out and get us a good win on the road. Hey, Jared, this is Dave Morrison, ESPN Radio, 102.3, the ticket. And uh, you you and I have talked about this all season, but really for you guys lately, Noah Midkiff really coming on. Talk about his maturation and what he's meant to this team, especially as you're starting to peak. Well, you know, he's a kid that started most of the year at point guard for us last year as a freshman and, and went through a lot of ups and downs and um, has just really taken control here lately. And you're right, he's just maturing to a, a really solid player. And and honestly, a lot of our games here lately, he's been the best player on the floor. He's uh, he's cut his turnovers down here lately for us. He's driving to the, to the hole and scoring. He's dishing off when he needs to. And and he's an outside threat, too. So he's just a really complete player. Um, he's really led us, and, and our two seniors that play alongside him have really fed off of him and, and really helped us get a, a good team chemistry here the last couple of weeks. And getting getting Hunter Bevins back, too, was big for you. at had appendectomy midseason, now playing again. You've got some good size. How do you feel you stack up in that sectional tournament? Well, you know, it's it's in tournament time, it's always going to be tough. Um we lost Bevins there for a couple of weeks, and we we got a couple of losses that were tough on us without him. And, and when he came back, it seemed like it took us a few games to get our rotations and our, our chemistry back down. But I think we took care of that, and, and hopefully we're ready for the sectional tournament. But you look at Mount View and Greater Beckley are both 
teams that are really athletic that are going to pressure you man-to-man. And, and then you go down to uh, Meadowbridge and Summers counties, both teams that are close to us that are, are rivalry games for us. And then and then you have Montcalm, too, that you know we saw tonight. We ended up winning by a comfortable margin, but they really came after us here tonight at home. So, you know, it's not going to be any easy games. Um, we've won a lot of games here. I think we've improved our case for trying to get a high seed. But, uh, you know, whatever we get seeded, we just got to come out and, and find a way to win games. And I think our kids are really excited and, and feel like that we can do something here in the tournament. But, you know, you can't look past anybody. You can't ever come out and take trips off. And, and that's what been the challenge for our kids. We've really challenged them to, to play as hard as you can every second. You know, we've got several kids that can play. We've got a little bit of a bench. So, you know, if somebody needs a break, that's no problem. And, and our kids are excited. I hope we can get out here Tuesday and get us a big win on senior night for our seniors and, and keep it rolling for the sectionals. Mike, I'll ask this question to you. With the Greenbrier West schedule, I'm just looking along here, and just in the past 10 days, a trip to Fayetteville, a trip to Independence, a trip to Clarksburg and to Robert C. Byrd, a trip to Webster Springs. How rough is that? <laughs> Well, honestly, it's not too rough on me, but uh, I don't have to play in the games. I get to sit down and enjoy a good basketball game. And to be honest with you, when the Cavaliers are playing as well as they have uh, against Independence and South Harrison, Webster County tonight, uh, it's pretty enjoyable. I look forward to it. And uh, it's it's just a joy to watch these uh, sophomores for the Cavaliers grow up right before your eyes. And then you, when you see those senior leaders that Coach was talking about and Hunter Bevins and Adam Johnson, um, just kind of bring those kids along. Um, it's a nice mix of talent, and uh, it's exciting. Uh, you, you go out on the road, and uh, you, when you know you've got a chance, um, you know what what is there better to do? You know, I think Coach, uh, I think Mike Goddard nailed it right there. And, and Coach, that's something that um, I, I don't want to make too big a deal out of this, but I think it's interesting. And I think the kids can kind of notice this too. When the radio guy is 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 happy, everybody's happy. <laughs> well, um, honestly, I don't. I think in football, those kids really paid a lot of attention to it. I don't know if these basketball kids pay too much attention to me, but uh, I do. Uh, you know, I just try to paint the picture. They're they're the ones that are out there uh, doing the work. And uh, you know, you were talking about Midkiff. Uh, you know that kid is—he uh, is a joy to watch, and I don't care how great you are at play-by-play. I don't think you could ever describe the uh, contortions that that kid goes through when he drives the lane and puts up a shot. He's not the biggest-bodied kid, and uh, he really has to work for some of his shots when he goes inside. And uh, I don't think Ben Scully could uh, <laughs> could uh, paint the picture accurately when he goes in there. But uh, I just uh, try to do my best. And I'll, I'll say this, guys, it's it's a luxury for us to be a Class A school and have a, a great radio broadcasting crew that goes with us to every game. And Coach Goddard and Coach Jennings does a great job doing our broadcasts. Um, and, and knowing that we have a young team and a lot of kids that, that don't have a lot of RC experience, we kind of front-loaded our schedule with some home games to try and get us a little confidence early. Um, and that's put us on the road some here lately, but... These sophomores, you know, we're playing four sophomores a ton of minutes and a fifth sophomore a few minutes a game. And, and these kids have really grown up, and, and it's exciting, exciting for us for the future. But, you know, we got some seniors that deserve a good ending to their career, and, 
I don't want to look down the road because I think we can make some noise in the tournament this year. Well, one game to go in regular season play. That comes up this week against Richwood. Mike Goddard of WRLB Radio in Lewisburg, along with Jared Robertson, assistant coach at Greenbrier West. Thanks so much, guys, for joining us. And uh, let's do this again sometime. Absolutely, guys. It's a great show you guys do. I don't get to listen as much as I'd like, but it's always high quality and, and always appreciates what you do for the state of West Virginia and all these kids across the state. We greatly hey, appreciate it. Hey, guys, before we go, go ahead. before we go, I'd like to mention um, – Back on the back on February the third, when the Cavaliers defeated uh, Calhoun County, that was the 150th career win for uh, Greenbar West head coach Joey Fitzwater. Well, congratulations to Coach Fitzwater. 150 is a, a a pretty good number these days in uh, high school basketball. And uh, guys, once again, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, again, no better place to be on a Friday night in the winter than a high school basketball gym. <laughs> Mike Goddard, thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. And Coach Robertson, goodbye. That's Greenbrier West. Uh, we thank them so much for joining us here tonight. Uh, we'll talk with – oh, go ahead. I'm just going to say yeah. you'd almost uh, would rather watch a tennis match on a day like we had today, you know. So. It, it was 60 degrees when I left to come into the station this evening, and it's February, allegedly. So. Yeah, if Greenbrier or West continues to get 20 points from Noah Midkiff as he did tonight – Excuse me, Hunter Bevins, another guy with 20 points. The Odell Twins combined for 20 points. It'll be a hard out in the sectionals. That's going to be a, a fun sectional tournament. Speaking of sectional tournaments, and we'll talk with uh, Jared West, head coach of Notre Dame High School, in just a moment. But let's go right now to Rick Marone. We'll take a break in a few moments, you guys. Don't, don't jump on me. Come on now. Uh, coach Rick Marone, the Tulsa Lady Rebels, they started postseason play tonight at home with the Tug Valley Panthers. And Coach Marone joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Coach, you're not going to believe this. We don't have a score for your game. You're, the, you're a co-host of all the people we should have a score for. Well, I leave for one week, and then, I mean, things are falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the now, final now. score tonight, Ryan, uh, 69-32. Uh, got off to a great start, and uh, Tug Valley, of course, a big rivalry for us, and uh, we were uh, really excited. Had a really good crowd up here, and uh, we was able to, to survive in advance, but we got off to a really nice start and had a good lead at the half and was able to play a lot of girls and move on to the next round. Postseason play at, at Rebel Arena. I know you got to host a, a state play-in game last year in the regional level because you won your sectional, but... This is the first time in a long time that you've got to host a sectional tournament game. Um, that's something that should not be taken for granted, right? No, I tell you what, Ryan, and you'll remember. Uh, of course, me and Joe are just a tad bit older than you are. But <laughs> years ago, when we we were in a smaller section, it was us and Wayne and Buffalo Wayne and some of them. We would rotate, and then Tug Valley came in, and the whole tournament would be at alternate sites, which was kind of interesting. But that has been a long time ago. We were talking the other day. We haven't hosted a sectional here uh, probably in at least uh, twelve to fifteen years, if I was guessing. So the folks got to see us play again at home. And we earned the right to play again here Tuesday night, so we're really excited. Coach Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, they pick up a 69-32 win over Tug Valley in the Region 4 Section 2 tournament in Class A. And, uh, Coach, this is something, obviously, that you've known for a long time going through the course of this year, but uh, getting acclimated to 
basically an entire new set of teams outside of Tug Valley, who I know you've been familiar with over the years, but in moving from AA to A, uh, do you feel like you have a pretty good handle on the teams that surround you yet, or, or is it still a little bit of a, uh, of a mystery at times? Well, it's a mystery at times. Uh, we've, uh, I tell you what, it's very competitive. Region 4 is loaded. I mean, uh, on our side, you've got some really quality programs. Uh, Sherman and uh, uh, Van, both are very solid. And, of course, we play the winner of Sherman and Hannon on Tuesday. And uh, we had a really good game with Sherman earlier. Uh, and, of course, uh, St. Joe is in our sectional. And then on the other side, you've got Williamstown, who's a top-five team, Ravenswood Park Catholic. So it's a learning process. We're familiar from afar. Some of these teams have great tradition on the girls' side, and they have great coaches, and we're excited to be a part of it. But I tell you what, uh, double-A to single-A uh, didn't ratchet down anything on our side. It's very competitive, and we're going to have to battle our way if we're going to try and get out of this section. Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels, a regular co-host here of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Your seat being filled by Dave Morrison tonight. And you know what? I, I have to respect a guy who spells his name like Ric Flair. You, you have to. And trying to keep trying to keep the seat I'm warm give for you. Woo, but I ain't going to. Woo. <laughs> uh, Coach Marone, we're going to let you go. Enjoy that win tonight. We know that if you get a win on Tuesday, you will not be with us Friday because you'll be in a sectional championship game. Of course, you might be able to join us after that. Um, but uh, regardless, we wish you the best of luck through. Uh, through the rest of your season. We look forward to having you back in studio. All righty. I appreciate Dave uh, filling in, and you guys are doing a great job. And uh, I echo what the last caller said, Ryan. You guys do a great job for high school uh, basketball across the state, and uh, keep up the good work. Hey, it, has, it takes coaches to make that work. Coach Rick Marone <laughs> and the Lady Rebels, thanks so much for joining us. And right now we'll step aside take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Jared West, head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll also talk with Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio in Logan. And... We'll get you another scoreboard update when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. This is Break 2. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no better place to be than right here. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State and also on Network West Virginia, Channel 2. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, emails. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us tonight on the phone. Share your team's game. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677, 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. 
A shout out to some of our newest followers, including Chase King, Sydney Christ, 643 Sports Talk, Cole Whitehead, Teresa J. Hall, Taxi Squad, Patty, Andrew Gray, and Ricky Lester. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights, right here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.32 9.32 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Dave Morrison with you as we roll through another Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We go back to the phone lines. We'll go to the, we'll go to the scoreboard in a moment, but first let's go back to the phone lines to Jared West, head coach of Notre Dame's boys, the Irish um, 15-5 and five on the season. Coach West, first off, welcome back to the program, and second, Five losses by a combined 15 points. Your ball club's not that far away from being, we're talking about a, a sensational season versus what is, has been an excellent season. Oh, don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> We've, uh, yeah, like as you said, uh, we uh, at Willow Central, the first game of the year, we had a 17-point lead. At Bishop Donahue, we had an 18-point lead. At Park Catholic, we had a 12-point lead. And then at home, at Willow Central, we had a six-point lead. In Hayes Valley Christian, we had a ten-point lead. With, and all these were third, fourth-quarter leads. So, um, yeah, we're happy with, with where we are. Uh, we're happy with, with how we've been playing. But um, we definitely uh, know that, that we if we would have held on and finished out some games, that we could be better. But we can't get those games back. We just have you know trying to move forward and continue to you know put um, a good product on the floor. So we're excited about. Um, you know, the next few weeks, and, and hopefully we can make a run in the postseason. Five straight wins for your program, and, and one that really, I think, will maybe open some eyes across the state of people who might not have known just how good your basketball team is was a seven-point win at Parkersburg earlier this week, two nights ago. The Big Reds, that's a team that has beaten Capital, Woodrow Wilson, and Morgantown this year. You go into the Parkersburg Fieldhouse and knock off the Big Reds, uh, Tell me a little bit about that game. I know you had a couple of guys, including your son, Jared West, who had big performances in that win. You know, to be honest, it's just a carbon copy of how the season is going. We played very, very well. Um, we were up 18, 20 points in the first half, like we had been several times before. And I went to halftime, and I told the kids, hey, we've been here before, and uh, we got to put two halves together. And this time, uh, it couldn't it couldn't have played out any more perfect. It was a a lot of adversity in the, in the fourth quarter. Some things didn't go our way, but we were able to make free throws and make timely shots and timely re- and get timely rebounds, and we haven't done that in the five games that we lost. So, um, you know, it, it, was, it was a good victory for us. Uh, Parksburg is very well coached. They play fast, kind of like we do, so it was a very, very fun game to watch. Uh, but, you know, we, we came out and, and kind of dictated tempo from the beginning. Low Jarrett. And uh, Gabe Zumo shot the ball lights out in the first half, and we we were able to get into our pressure. And when we make it's, it's very cliche, but when we make shots, we're a lot better because we can get into our press and kind of speed the game up. So fun game, great atmosphere, and we were able to squeak out there with a win. 
Hey, Coach, I know we don't like to look at uh, losses, but right there you had three in a row right after the first of the year. Was Is there anything you can attribute that to? I mean, you had a three-point loss, a one-point loss, and then uh, then you got right back on the winning track uh, like you, you found yourself again. Well, once again, like I said, in those games, we, we had big leads all in the second half, and to the credit of those teams we played, uh, the running joke around, you know, when my coaching staff is, you would have thought we were playing the Golden State Warriors in all those games uh, at, <laughs> at Bishop Donahue uh, between Taylor and that Colton Clee. I mean, they couldn't miss. Uh, you know, at Central at their place, Brent Price was a great player. He made four threes, and he's typically more of a slasher. Uh, but he he made four threes, and Gaynor and, and, and Rowan and those kids made some big shots. At Park Catholic, Allman played great. Uh, so. Um, you know, to the credit of, of those teams, they made uh, timely shots. But um, you know, when I when I look back at it, when you have um, double digit leads, we didn't execute late down the stretch. Um, so um, you know, we we played a tough schedule. We 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 designed it that way so that we can be battle tested. Um, but you know, we we came into this to this season with high expectations um, to to possibly compete and win a state championship. So we had a very, very a great coming to Jesus uh, practice after that Will and Central loss at home. And I reminded the kids that, you know, it's not like we were losing by 20 points. We we were up in all of those games. We just had to get better and finish. So we've kind of, uh, you know, turned that around, uh, bounced back from a few injuries that, we, that we've had. And we're trying to uh, give a late surge or a late push at the end of the season to try to get us ready for the postseason. Hey, Jared, this is Dave Morrison, uh, ESPN Radio 102.3, The Ticket. Uh, mutual friend of ours, Mike Folks from Beckley, told me to pass along a message to you. And he said, great, uh, a great job you're doing. I've talked to a lot of uh, coaches who coach their sons. Some handle it differently than others. Do you and your son talk a lot about basketball when you're not on the floor? <laughs> First of all, tell folks, um, he's a great buddy of mine through the AAU growing up he, for what he does for the – program at Beckley, those guys really should be very, very appreciative for someone to take the amount of time and resources to spend to, to that program is, is invaluable. So next time you see him, tell him I said, um, you know, hey, and thanks for everything he's done for me in, in the past. To answer your question, um, me and my, you know, my son, he's my son, but he's like my best friend also. Um, we are, you know, people told me, you know, trying to give me advice that you know, your dad at home, your coach on the floor, that type of thing. But when you're a basketball, we're a basketball family. So, you know, we we, we, we talk basketball, we eat basketball, we sleep basketball. Um, so to answer your question, we're always talking about sports or basketball. And he did a very, very good job as a freshman uh, of separating dad and coach. And it's funny, he probably calls me Coach West more than he calls me dad. You know, so... Um, it's been a great relationship. Um, you know, th- this year has been very, very good, but kind of bittersweet knowing that this is just the last go around as it pertains to coaching him. But very excited um, for his future. He's a he's a better kid than he is a basketball player. So, um, you know, God has, has truly blessed me with, with two great sons. But, you know, we're, we're talking about little Jared now, but God has really blessed me with, with, with a great um, older son. So I'm, ha- I'm happy for him and happy for his future. Well, Coach, little Jared has signed to play at Marshall, and you were a, a, a fantastic college basketball player at WVU. And I know there's sometimes there's a dynamic there, and sometimes there isn't. 
two questions before we let you go. First, when does he get tired of being little Jared? And two, um, <laughs> at, at what point, um, you know, you can be both a WVU and Marshall fan. I think that's something that a lot of people in the state kind of need to accept. <laughs> well, I'll get, I'll get to that second question. Um, first question is, you know what? He he's only little Jared to his family. It's funny. I I, I used to be, um, you know, your little Jared's dad, the one to hit the shot. Now it's your little Jared's dad. <laughs> he's kind of suppl- he's kind of supplanted on you know dad because dad is old now, and the younger kids look up to him, which I I really I like that a lot. That's that's something that um, you know that's that's the, one of the best parts of being a college athlete, being able to. Um, have a heart to serve others, serve kids, and, he, and he's done that very, very good. So uh, he has supplanted the little Jared, except from dad, um, family, mom, that that type of thing. As it pertains to the, um, you know, if you would have told me that a long time ago <laughs> about WVU fan and Marshall fan, as a player, I would have told you no way. Uh, as a parent, I'm very, very excited for him. Coach um, Klein, Coach D'Antoni have been great during the recruiting process. And uh, it's a great fit. You know, he's two hours away, two and a half hours away from home. They have uh, seen him play 100 games. They've seen him score 40. They've seen him score four. So they know exactly what they're getting, and they and they still prioritize them. So it's a great fit. Actually, we can't get, wait to get up there tomorrow to see them play Middle Tennessee State. So uh, he's excited. Um you know, he had the golden blue as a little kid. I had him in the golden blue in his first ones. He coming home and basketball and all of that. But now we have a lot of Marshall Green, and, and, and Dad is uh, a big fan of Marshall and very proud to represent Marshall and, and very excited to see his son. You know, in the next in, in the next few years. So, yes, we are WVU and Marshall fans, and uh, you know, very excited to see how far WVU goes in the tournament this year. I think they got a chance to win it all, and and I think Marshall has a very very good chance of maybe you know winning the conference. So it would be good, be great if, if both teams could get to the NCAA tournament this year. Be a lot of fun. See, it's not a house divided; it's a house united. That's how this all works. Jared West, head coach of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Thanks so much for joining us, Coach West, and we wish you and your ball club the best. And we may get to talk again come state tournament time. Thanks for the invite, fellas. Anytime. All right, again, that's Jared West, head coach of the Notre Dame Fire. We've got to get a scoreboard, guys, before we get to Chris Kitt. Fred Hurst here in a second. Let's get a check. We'll turn it over to Joe for the boys' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Take a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard. It was Cameron coming up as a winner over Bel Air, Ohio tonight by a score of 65 64. It was Harrison Central of Ohio defeating Weir 63-53. It was the St. Clairsville, Ohio defeating John Marshall tonight 66-55. Parkersburg South, big winners tonight over Beaver Local of Ohio 92-59. The Golden Bears of Oak Glen come up just a little short tonight from Wheeling Park. They Patriots win that game 67-54. It was the Ripley Vikings defeating Campbell Midland tonight in another close one, 89-84. The Big Reds of Parkersburg defeating Spring Valley 70-57. Patriots of George Washington defeat Hurricane 62-42. 
Tiger Valley, the Bulldogs come up victors tonight over the Warriors of Pocahontas County, 87-59. And it was the East Hardy Cougars defeating Moorfield, 47-41. Also moving on in the boys' scoreboard tonight as that again East Hardy Moorfield seem to play every Friday night right and boys or girls one or the other Uh, Buchanan Upshur defeats or excuse me leads Lincoln County okay we'll check on that score we'll get that right in a moment anyway let's go back to the score where final scores here Fayetteville defeats James Monroe 72-46 the Pirates are now 20-0 Frankfurt defeats Hampshire 58-51 Bluefield, a winner over Greenbrier East, 56-46. It was the Cavaliers of Greenbrier West picking up a victory over Montcalm, 75-50. Musselman goes to 17-3 with a 50-30 win at Hedgesville. Polka defeats Herbert Hoover tonight in overtime, 51-48. Dots get the win in Elkview. It was the Kaiser Golden Tornado defeating Southern Garrett, Maryland, 61-59. Martinsburg beats Spring Mills tonight, 75-56. Midland Trail, a 77-73 winner over Richwood. Mingo Central defeats Nitro, 65-60. Pikeview at the half leads Van, 33-26. Princeton, a 55-44 victory over Wyoming East. Riverview beats Liberty Raleigh, 68-28. Logan defeats Winfield tonight, 51-45. to On that score, uh, Lincoln County defeated Buchanan Upshur, 56-43. Thank you very much. There we go. Now, jumping to girls' scores tonight. And we'll get Dave in the next scoreboard on this. But girls' scores tonight, Region 4, Section 1, Class A. Calhoun County defeats Work County, 55-32. Ravenswood defeats Wahama, 80-28. Those in the Region 4, Section 1, tournament also tonight region four section two tournament in class a it was van 40 buffalo 37 tulsa defeats tug valley 69 32 those all tournament games losers are all eliminated also tonight regular season game riverview defeats liberty raleigh 68 26 at the half, it's Bridgeport 24, Elkin 16. Looking for an update on that one. An OVAC placement game tonight. University defeats John Marshall 71-44. A final score tonight, Charleston Catholic defeats Richwood 48-34. And in the Girls West Virginia Christian Association Tournament, it was Grace Mitchell coming up with 14 points to lead Greater Beckley Christian past Grace Christian tonight. Crusaders beat the Soldiers 49-29. That is a look of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. A lot of graces in that game. Very gracefully done, or tried to anyway. But right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Fred Persinger the second WJLS Radio in Beckley, and Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio in Logan, voice of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. That's when we come back from break three as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues along the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marcus McAfee, Oak Glen Golden Bears. Ellis Bryson III, Mount View Golden Knights. Reese Nichols, Clay County Panthers. Beta Almani, Charleston Catholic Irish. Seth Meadows, Pikeview Panthers. Emily Sarborn, 
Trinity Christian Warriors, Chandler Stacy, Spring Valley Timberwolves, Lauren Antelock, East Fairmont Bees, Doug Workman, Point Pleasant Knights. What they've all got in common. They were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia as the Standout Athlete of the Week. And yes, we have a new Standout Athlete of the Week tonight. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? Well, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab, fill out the nomination form, we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Hey, how about those picks? Get your pictures featured on our video stream. And we are everywhere. We're on Network West Virginia with video on Channel 2, RSN's Facebook page. We're streaming Facebook Live. You can see us on YouTube. And tonight, video on Twitter and Periscope. Thanks to Marcus Constantino. We appreciate that, Marcus. You make us look so cool here. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling it's 9 49 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe Lindell, dave morrison from espn the ticket in hinton with us here tonight so we go right back to the phone lines we waste no time we bring in fred persinger the second voice of the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles from WJLS Radio in Beckley. And Fred, for the uh, Flying Eagles, it's been a, a week that's had a little bit of celebration in terms of historical significance and one that saw a lot of success on the floor. Yeah, it really was a good week for Beckley basketball. You talk about the historic part of it. Beckley, Beckley got their 1,700th win as a school when they defeated Parkersburg back on Tuesday night. When you think about this is the 100th year of Beckley basketball, getting their 1,700th win. And, I mean, it's really amazing. When I started looking at some of the numbers for Beckley basketball in the 99, where this is the 100th year, Beckley has only had seven losing seasons in those 100 years. Beckley has won 74% of their games. They've had they won at least 10 games every year since 1973. So, I mean, it's just amazing when you start looking at the history of Beckley basketball. And a good week on the court, as we mentioned as well. Last Friday night, beating Spring Valley 69-57. And then over the past week, avenging two losses from earlier. Beating Capital 83-78, beating Parkersburg 77-62. This is a time of year when it's time to start playing your best. And Fred, at 15-5, and the Eagles right now look to be playing some pretty good basketball. Yeah, when you look at uh, they, they won eight of their last nine ball games. The lone loss coming back in the championship game, the Big Atlantic Classic, uh, to University when they lose that game by six points. And I mean, the amazing thing is Beckley has not been healthy all season long. Uh, they of course they lost Ty Walton at the beginning of the season because of a blown out knee. Then uh, throughout the season, we've lost Courtney Walton for seven games. Now we've been without uh, this past week. We're without Breland Walton, who's averaging twelve points and nine rebounds per game. Uh, so one of the best big men in the state of West Virginia. Uh, we haven't had him all week long, and he's missed now four games. So it's been one of those things for Beckley. They have not been able to be healthy, but 
when you go back and look at the turnaround, probably go back to the Morgantown game at the Charleston Civic Center where Beckley was down by 16 points at the half. Uh, Coach Kidd decides to make some changes, and uh, the starting five did not come out and start. Uh, Coach decided to start four sophomores and uh, Courtney Walton. They come back and cut the lead down to six points when they put the starters back in, and Beckley wins. And it seems like since that point, Beckley has really been playing good basketball and good team basketball. They're getting uh, good play from the bench and, of course, uh, getting really good play right now from Isaiah Francis, the young man. Uh, has scored 31 points and 29 points the last two games. Uh, he goes to the free throw line. He's been to the free throw line 170 times this year uh, for Beckley, uh, making 79% of them, uh, averaging 18 points per game. Uh, just to, He's been playing really well. He's been playing like the senior that we uh, thought that he'd be playing all season long, but Isaiah Francis really has stepped it up for Beckley the past week. Fred, Dave Morrison here. Uh, two-part question. What is the status of Breland Walton for tomorrow's Mountain State Athletic Conference third-place game? And Beckley's always been really good in these bounce-back type situations. Uh, you know a lot about this program, everything about this program. If you Do you remember a recent week where Woodrow had a chance to beat three ranked teams in that same week? Uh, second part of your question, you know, it's, it's, you know I'm, I'm sure with the schedule that Beckley plays, um, you know, I'm sure it has happened before. I just can't remember off the top of my head. But, I mean, uh, you know, you go back and look at some of the games that Beckley has uh, done in the state tournament where they uh, won a state championship by being a 3-2-1 and one seed uh, in the state tournament. So, uh, you know, I'm sure when uh, the game was canceled against Capital early in the season, they moved it to February 13th. I'm not sure that Coach Kidd uh, uh, really wanted it there, but when you look at it, I think it, it worked out best for Beckley because they kind of got a taste of what it would be to play the teams you're going to have to play to win a state championship, and that's what – Beckley's looking at, so I think it worked out very well for Beckley to play Capital, then come back home, you know, come back the very next night and play Parkersburg, two teams that you know you look at it could very well be uh, in the state tournament. So I think it worked out well for Beckley. But uh, as far as Breland goes, um, you know, I know he's been practicing uh, with the team. As far as his status for tomorrow, I know he'll dress. Uh, but uh, you know, Beckley's being very careful with Breland, making sure that uh, he comes back 100% healthy when. Uh, you look at it, if we get him back for the sectional tournaments, I'm sure that's what they're looking at uh, to get him back 100%. I don't know if he's quite 100% yet, but uh, I, I think uh, Breland could play tomorrow. Wouldn't be surprised if he does play at all. Talking with Fred Persinger, the second of the WJLS Radio in Beckley, voice of the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles. They tomorrow will take on South Charleston um, in the MSAC or the police have played in the MSAC game tomorrow in South Charleston, then next week a game with Parkersburg South. And I, I want to go back historically here, Fred, before we let you go. 100 seasons of Woodrow Wilson basketball. And I think for that program, which many will remember with uh, Dave Barksdale um, as well. Now Coach Kidd has definitely made that into his own program uh, in his time with the Flying Eagles. Is there maybe a little bit of pressure to try to cap us, uh, this season with a state championship? Yeah, I don't know if it's pressure. Uh, I mean, I think every year Beckley comes in with only one goal, and that is to win a state championship. That's just the mindset of the coaches, of the fans, of the players of Beckley. Of course, uh, they've been so successful over the years. And, you know, getting to the state tournament, uh, you know, I, that was another thing that was just amazing to me when I started looking at this. Uh, history. Beckley has won 76 sectional championships, 54 regional championships. They've been to Charleston uh, 58 times. They actually were in the state tournament four times uh, before they started regional tournaments. So 
you know, Beckley, that's just Beckley basketball. Beckley, if you don't get to the state tournament, if you don't win a state championship, uh, a lot of folks at Beckley don't think it's a good year. So I, I don't I think it's pressure, um, but it's just that expected pressure that Beckley gets there every year. And uh, this team early on, up and down, I mean, they started off the season 3-3. Three and three. Uh, So a lot of people started questioning that, but this team has really come together uh, over the past month or so and really playing good basketball. Not only the starters are playing well, we talked about Isaiah Francis and Courtney Walton. Since he's come back, Courtney's been averaging a double-double since he's come back uh, healthy for Beckley. But the the guy's off the bench, and he's got some really good young players uh, coming off the bench. And Josiah Walton, who's a sophomore, Micah Hancock, uh, is a sophomore. He's got a freshman uh, that hasn't played a lot, but he's going to be very, very good, Richard Ball. Uh, is going to be a very good player for Beckley. So he's got some good young talent, Mikey Penn, uh, in the starting line. I bet he Christian. I mean, I can go on and on. The team is getting deeper as the season goes on, and I think these guys are starting to buy in and understand what it means to play for Beckley, and uh, they're starting to play like it. Fred Person here in a second, WJLS Radio in Beckley, voice of the Flying Eagles. Thanks so much for joining us. And with the way Beckley's playing, I have a feeling we're going to be talking again a little bit later on. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. They hope they continue to play well. I mean, it's been... A good week. Tomorrow's a big test for Beckley against uh, Huntington. And going to Parkersburg South, that's always a great place to play. And every time Beckley and Parkersburg South play, you know it's going to be an outstanding game. And then we'll see what happens when uh, the sectional and regional tournaments come around. Of course, it's going to be a very tough region. Whoever gets there from this region uh, to the state tournament definitely earned their way there, that's for sure. Always a pleasure with Fred Persinger the second WJLS Radio, as... It's always good to get to talk with him. Sometimes we, we, we've gone through this season, didn't get a chance to talk with him as much. Had him tonight. Hopefully we'll be able to talk with him a little bit later on uh, this season as well. Again, we've only got four episodes left after tonight. and We've already got one hour in the books of this one. When we come back, we'll have a scoreboard update. We'll talk with Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Martinsburg. We will also speak with Chris Kitt, WVOW Radio in Logan. Voice of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, who's been on hold for about a half hour now. We'll get back with him. And we should full scoreboard update when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues. This is break four here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our our affiliates. Network West Virginia is carrying us statewide on Channel 2. Great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP in Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP LP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, 
WMTD, the ticket, 102.3 FM in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, and 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers, you can find us now on Armstrong Digital Channel 204 in the tri-state area, and you can watch us live on video. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10 o'clock on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia as we begin Hour 2 of the program. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Dave Morrison of ESPN The Ticket. As Dave, Dave, you're still working. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I tried to get the scores out. That's and what... uh, But, no, this has been a blast. You guys are correct. Fastest three hours in radio. Darn it, it's already gone. I can't believe it's 10.01. Anyway. It's great you can look at the clock, too, and you know it's 10 10 Yeah. <laughs> yeah always, uh, always you invest in one of those. Hey, those. Those guys behind the scenes that make all this possible, I tell you guys all the time on air, they are the best. And anytime anybody gets to come in and visit and see it, they understand that I'm still understating it even when I say that. They're oh, incredible. It's a, it's a great setup you, you've got here. What, what time does Kozlowski call? Uh, about, about 11. 40 or so. Oh, you still got plenty yeah, of time. Got, yeah, we, we, <laughs> I understand he's got his own theme. Hey, and, and it rotates every week. That's the thing, too. <laughs> we're, we're still an hour and a half from cause time. You'll want to stick around for that. But right now, before we get a scoreboard update, let's go right back to the phones. Matt Miller, WRNR Radio in Clarksburg. Martinsburg tonight defeats Spring Mills. And um, Matt, the Bulldogs right now playing probably as well as they've played over a sustained stretch throughout the course of this season. Yeah, I think they learned a little bit about themselves at that St. James Invitational Tournament. Uh, clearly overmatched against uh, Montverde, who was uh, so highly ranked nationally, but really played well in the next two games against National Christian and also against St. Vincent Pilate. In fact, had a chance to maybe beat Pilate, uh, had a lead going into the fourth quarter. And, and I think that tough competition really brought out the best in the dogs as since that time they've now won four in a row, getting the win tonight against Spring Mills. And they've really been doing it with strong second halves. The Dogs actually trailed against the Cardinals tonight 27-25 to at the half, but outscored Spring Mills 50 50- to 29 in the second half to go on for the victory. During the four-game winning streak, Martinsburg is outscoring their opponent on average 41-25 to in that second half. Martinsburg Bulldogs, a team that, as Matt just mentioned there, a a very strong second-half team, and and now an opportunity to go on the road uh, early next week to take on Morgantown. And for Martinsburg, that puts a cap on the regular season. 
it will, and uh, with the wind, could put a, a very nice cap on the end of that regular season. And the dogs feel like, you know, they certainly have an opportunity. They know it's never easy to go to Morgantown, but they've watched that film, looked back at the matchup at Martinsburg, in which the Bulldogs ended up losing by seven points. Some costly turnovers, some mistakes in that game that they feel like they can fix and, uh, you know, then see just maybe how far they've come with this game to close out the regular season Monday night. Should be a lot of fun. Martinsburg, again, playing really well. Four straight wins for the Bulldogs, a 14-7 and record as they take on Morgantown coming up this week. Matt Miller, WRNR Radio. Always a pleasure, Matt. All right. All right, and... um, and I apologize uh, and to Matt as well. We kind of had to keep him on hold there for a minute, and we didn't have a lot of time. But we got a, so much to do. We're still going to get to our standout athlete of the week segment, but we're going to do that at ten fifteen, which means right now, before we go to Chris Kidd, we need to do a scoreboard update. You know what? I'll take the top half of the boys' scores, Joe. I'll give you the bottom half, and then I'll take the girls' postseason scores. How's that sound for bouncing it around? Sounds good. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Taking a look at the scoreboard tonight. OVAC action tonight, which meant a lot of games between West Virginia and Ohio opponents in the northern part of the state. Cameron on a Colby Brown game winner at the buzzer defeats Bel Air, Ohio, 65-64. Harrison Central, Ohio defeats Weir, 63-53. It was the Red Devils of St. Clairsville, Ohio. I called a football game there once, Joe. Go figure. (laughs) 66-55 winners over John Marshall. Parkersburg South defeats Beaver Local, Ohio, 92-59. Patriots get the win. Wheeling Park defeats Oak Glen. The Patriots of Wheeling Park win 67-54 over the Golden Bears. In MSAC placement games, Ripley defeats Cabell Midland 89-84 the final tonight. Parkersburg picks up a 70-57 victory over Spring Valley. It was George Washington over Hurricane 62-42. Other regular season action tonight, it was Tigers Valley defeating Pocahontas County, 87-59. And in the Hardy Boys shootout, East Hardy beats Moorfield, 47-41. Lincoln County winners tonight over Buckhannon Upshur, 56-43. Fayetteville goes und- stays undefeated as they pick up a win over James Monroe tonight, 72-46. Frankfurt over Hampshire, 58-41. The Beavers of Bluefield pick up a win tonight over Greenbrier East, 56-46. Greenbrier West picks up a win over Motcom, 75-40. Musselman defeated Hedgesville, 50-30. In a Cardinal Conference game, it was the Dots coming out victorious over the Herbert Hoover Huskies, 51-48. Kaiser picks up a win over South Garrett, South Southern Garrett, Maryland, 61-59. Martinsburg picks up a win over Spring Mill, 75-56. It was Midland Trail, 77, over Richwood, 73. Mingo Central, in a close one, picks up the win, 65-60 over Nitro. Pikeview, the Panthers defeat the Van Bulldogs tonight in a close one. Or actually, that's still this score still at the half. We need to get update. It was 33-26 at the half. Princeton, the Tigers pick up a win over Wyoming East, 55-44. Riverview over Liberty Raleigh, 54-50. 
and it was the Logan Wildcats over the Winfield Generals, 51-45. Take a look at girls' scores. Some of these are postseason games. We'll let you know which ones as we go along here. Season is over for Payton City, Work County, Wahama, Buffalo, and Tug Valley. Class A Region 1, Section 2, Tyler Consolidated eliminates Payton City, 51-26. In Class A Region 4, Section 1, Calhoun County defeats Work County, 55-32. Ravenswood defeats Wahama, 80-28. In Region 4, Section 2 in Class A, Van defeats Buffalo, 40-37. And Tulsa defeats Tug Valley, 69-32. Other scores in a regular season play. It was Riverview defeating Liberty Raleigh, 68-26. At the half, still needing an update on this one, Bridgeport led Elkins, 24-16. Also tonight, in girls' high school basketball play in the OVAC, University defeats John Marshall, 71-44. Final score, Charleston Catholic defeats Richwood, 48-34. And Greater Beckley Christian defeats Grace Christian, to advance to the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament Championship game. 49-29 Crusaders get the win. That's a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Go right back to the phones. Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio in Logan. Wake up, Chris. Chris has been on hold for 41 <laughs> minutes. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, Chris. Ryan, <laughs> like in Fatal Attraction with Glenn Close, I'm not going to be ignored, Ryan. I'm not going to be ignored. I'm here. Um, hey, Chris, I, I have to ask a question for you real fast. And I saw this yesterday, but I, but I, I missed that. Uh, apparently, we missed it here. Wayne and Chapmanville played last night in Chapmanville, correct? Did they? Or was oh, that? Yeah, t- they did. Yes. <laughs> it's been so long since you've been on yeah, hold. You may or may not remember. <laughs> I think we finished the game but in between the time I was on holding now. Uh, what was the final in that one? <laughs> oh, it was uh, 80 to 47 Chapmanville. Uh, all right. So uh, that, that, that allows us to get our scoreboard caught up. Now, Chapmanville has won, what now, four straight? Uh, yeah, and it's uh, overall now 13 out of the last 14 overall. Playing fantastic basketball right now. 18 and 4 on the season are the Tigers. Joe, you have a question? I, I just have a feeling he wants to talk about a game that was played earlier in the week as uh, Chapmanville and uh, Mingo Central maybe uh, had a little rematch. Yeah, that was uh, kind of an important game overall, I guess. Uh, but if you, uh, if you look at everything going into that, guys, I mean, uh, I, I read this off on the air on uh, Tuesday night whenever we were going over it, and these two teams are about as similar as similar kids, and that's what makes the seeding for this section so difficult whenever you look at it. Uh, Chapmanville now, they finished 18-4 and four overall. Ch- uh, Mingo Central, on the other hand, they're now 16-4 and four with still a couple games to play. Chapmanville, and, and these stats, by the way, are as of Tuesday night before they played their game. Chapmanville came into that game averaging 70.9 points per game. Mingo Central came in averaging 70.9 points per game. Chapmanville came in giving up 55.5 points per game. Mingo Central came in giving up 54.5 points per game. Uh, Chapmanville had scored over 70 points eight times this year. Mingo Central nine times. Chapmanville had won by 20 or more seven times this year. Mingo eight times this year. 
Chad Villamingo have both held opponents under 60 points per game, both six times this year. And then if you look at their overall records uh, head-to-head during their stretch since Mingo Central became a high school, Chamville now is an 8-4 to four lead. But if you look overall, 10 of their 12 games have been decided by less than 10 points. Five of their 12 games have been decided by three points or less. Another was a four-point game in the regional semifinal or sectional semifinals, I should say, a few years ago. And another went to overtime where Mingo Central won by seven. So you're not going to find two teams that are similar as these two in the state of West Virginia. And on Tuesday night, it was about the same story. Chapmanville, they were tied with Mingo at half at 18, and then everything exploded in the third and fourth quarter. And then it, it just really came down to who was going to start committing turnovers. Chapmanville committed 13 turnovers in the first 10 minutes of that ball game. Mingo Central, on the other end, couldn't throw it in the ocean in the first half of the ball game. But then the second half, they really showed that they were two top five teams. And then uh, Drew Williamson hit two free throws to send the game to overtime. And then in overtime, Chapmanville had the ball, final 11 seconds. Kyle Brown got on the baseline, hit a floater with 1.2 seconds left to give them the win in that game. And now it comes down to how is this going to be seated at the end of this. Chapmanville won the Cardinal Conference last night by defeating Wayne. Mingo Central, uh, one loss behind them. And, you know, you look at the head-to-head of all this, and I, I may talk about that if you guys want to or not. I may lay off that. depends on what you guys want to do on this. But, you know, a lot of debate going on about whether who should be one, who should be two in that section now. I was Actually, I was going to ask you <laughs> who you thought should be one, who you thought should be two, and I don't think there's a wrong answer regardless yeah. of, of how you feel on this because the two games have combined to have three overtimes between them. The road team winning each time, I mean, it's clear these two teams are on at least the same plane when it comes to uh, how good they are and their level of play. I don't think there's a wrong option in, in, in going one or two with either one of them. Yeah, and I mean, obviously with where I'm at, a lot of people expect me to say Chapmanville, and I am going to say Chapmanville in this regard. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, it, I can see the argument from Mingo Central in this debate, but I just look at Chapmanville's losses. Two of their losses came to out-of-state schools that were higher up in class than them where they went to Daytona. Their only two in-state losses came to two top three ranked teams in the state, the defending state champions, Fairmont Senior, and Mingo Central in double overtime. And Mingo Central lost to uh, Winfield, where Chapmanville had beaten Winfield. And obviously the Tug Valley loss kind of hurts Mingo a little bit, albeit Tug Valley a very good ball club and class single A. But then you also look at the fact that uh, Chapmanville won the Cardinal Conference. And Mingo Central is going to finish behind them. And I just don't see how you deny Chapmanville the one seed out of that section after the fact that they won the conference, Mingo Central finishes behind them. I think Chapmanville's losses are, are a little bit tougher than Mingo's at this point. But if you told me that Mingo Central's going to win this section, I wouldn't blink an eye. If you even told me Logan was going to win this section, I wouldn't blink an eye. Well, Logan had a very impressive win on the road at Winfield tonight. I was watching that game with, uh, thankfully, our Facebook Live friends that were over there in Winfield tonight. And Logan 
won a very hard-fought game over there, a big defensive struggle since you won to 45. And Logan, they may be 0-3 against Mingo and Chapmanville overall this year, but they play Mingo early next week, and it won't have any bearing on seedings, uh, as, it, as it were. But Zach Green's done a great job getting that team prepared. They almost knocked off Chapmanville both times this year, so uh, no one should be sleeping on them in that regard. But, you know, you look at Mingo and Chapmanville in this, I think the fight for the one seed was to try and avoid playing the tougher seed, which was Logan. But even you look further down the line, Lincoln and Scott, they've been playing a lot better down the stretch. So it's going to be a difficult section no matter what you look at. But I just feel like with the the body of work Chapmanville's put in and the fact they won the Cardinal Conference, I I think it would be a a disjust or an injustice if Chapmanville weren't seated number one in that section next week. Chris Kidd making the argument for for (laughs) Chapmanville Regional to be the one seat over Mingo Central. And what, again... I think that's a valid argument. I don't think there's a bad argument either way. And, Chris, always a pleasure to talk with you and uh, get some rest, buddy. It's going to be a long week. Oh, oh, definitely will be. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good night. All right, that's Chris Kidd, WVOW Radio, and Logan, voice of the Chapmanville Regional Tigers. They're having a fantastic season. We have to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will introduce you to our standout athlete of the week, and we'll tell some stories about a well-known coach in southern West Virginia who passed away, unfortunately, this week. And we've got Dave Morrison here who, who knows a lot about that situation. We'll talk with him about that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious, and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget our poll question tonight. Of course, last week, the question was, should all playoff games be hosted at a neutral site? 58% of you said yes. This week's question, should video replay be used by officials during the state tournament games? Go to our website, right-hand side, and you'll see this week's poll question. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. We'll share the results at the end of the show. We also want to remind you about the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. Every day we recap the day's scores for you on every team in West Virginia. We'll send followers a tweet at midnight with a link to the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and just click on Daily Hoops Roundup for all the day's scores. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up.
up to date on your favorite teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville, Dave Morrison also with us, and... And with us now is Dylan Stone. And Dylan, you're going to introduce us to our standout athlete of the week. I am. Uh, her name is uh, Cheyenne Dunham. She's a senior at South Charleston. And uh, she's one of eight children. So that's kind of a, you know, a fun fact about her. She's the second youngest as well. Isn't, this is the second time we've had one of those uh, multiple sibling. Uh, it it kind of seems like maybe there is a, a little bit of an athletic gene in there somewhere. Yeah, well, um, certainly with, with Cheyenne, as uh, her mom was telling me that um, all of her siblings have, have played sports and played basketball, and several have, have continued to play at the college level as well. So uh, I'm sure that it, it helps with the competitive drive, uh, having being able to, to play with, with uh, siblings like that, especially <laughs> that, that many. And uh, Cheyenne's someone who does a lot outside of the classroom and off the court as well to to help our community yeah she does her her mom um was telling me that she has over 150 hours of community service uh just this year as a senior she likes to work with uh with elderly people as well as uh, shut-ins things like that people that can't really uh do things for themselves she she really takes that role of being able to provide for them and donald is someone who unfortunately has had to deal with some uh, adversity on the court as well. She has. She, she tore her ACL uh, two years ago, and it forced her to miss basically an entire season of basketball. And um, she, she just her style of play on the court, uh, she's, she's a tough-nosed athlete and not afraid to take charges and uh, put her body on the line, and that's also led to some, uh, some concussion problems as well. But she continues to battle through it and, and persevere nonetheless. And now Dylan has more with this week's standout athlete of the week, Cheyenne Dunham of South Charleston High School. Cheyenne Dunham is a hard-nosed and hard-working senior guard for the South Charleston Black Eagles who uses her competitive nature to help her succeed both on and off the court. It is for these reasons that she is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia standout athlete of the week. Cheyenne's mother, Sheila, says her daughter always gives her best effort no matter the endeavor. She gives 110% on the court, off the court, and in the classroom. Couldn't ask for any better athlete or player. She's a team player. She keeps her teammates up, pumped, and involved. She loves basketball. Her mother says Cheyenne is also quite involved in the South Charleston community, as when she isn't dishing out assists on the court, she's assisting seniors and those that are ill. She helps with the elderly. She goes and visits the hospitals and nursing homes and does volunteer work there. She also takes the elderly people to the doctors, to the grocery store. She does things like that for them to help them out. The ones that are sick and shut in and can't get out and do certain things like that, she's real diligent about dealing with the elderly and the sick. That generosity has always been a part of Cheyenne's personality. And Sheila Dunham says her daughter genuinely enjoys being able to lend a helping hand. She loves older people. She loves kids. She's always willing to give an extra helping hand. She has a really kind and generous heart. she do pretty much anything, give you the shirt off of her back. She's a very special person. On the basketball court, Cheyenne is averaging around 12 points per contest and is known for providing intense defense. As her mother says, the importance of playing defense was instilled at a young age. She's always taken pride in defense. Defense was what wins games. The offense will come. But 
Defense wins games, and that's how she's been taught. Every loose ball, ball on the floor, man on the floor, get up and down the court, head up, watch for everything. She's always been a really great defender. With a 4.5 grade point average, it's clear that Cheyenne puts just as much effort into her studies as she does toward basketball. Her mother says her daughter is willing to do whatever is asked, and that makes her an ideal teammate. She's very loving, respectful, loyal, and diligent. She's trustworthy, so she's one of the best people you could have as a friend, as a daughter, as a student, and as a player. Because whatever you ask of her, she'll get the job done. As Cheyenne Dunham winds down her senior year at South Charleston, she is preparing to continue her education in college and study to become an orthopedic surgeon. The punctilious approach she takes to everything she attempts, as well as her work ethic, have her well prepared for success with those future plans. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan. And Dave Morrison rejoins us now. And uh, Dave, uh, it's always hard sometimes to talk about um, people who did the bulk of their work, in my case, before I was old enough to remember, before I was old enough to know. But I know that uh, in Wyoming County, uh, the name uh, Knuckles, Don Knuckles, goes with a successful basketball coach, goes hand-in-hand, 78 years old, former coach of the Mullins Rebels, and he passed away earlier this week. I know he was someone that you'd had an opportunity in the past to speak with and to share some basketball stories with. Yeah, I probably became aware of Don Knuckles when I was in high school in Fayette County, and uh, he, he was a guy... (laughs) <laughs> that won a lot of state championships. They had five state championships, 283 and 101, I think, was his career record. And uh, didn't really meet him until I think his career uh, was over. I think Gene Reed had taken over. He would moved on to an administrative post. And I always enjoy talking to him because he's, he's got those old stories. You know, uh, we talked off the air about the generation of storytellers that those guys really are. And, and he was one... I had him on my show about this time last year, and uh, Coach Knuckles relayed several stories to me. One, he was – this speaks to the the quality of program they had at Mullins as well. He was scrimmaging Woodrow Wilson. And a lot of people don't know Beckley used to play Mullins back in the, in the 50s and 60s, a very competitive and spirited rivalry. But uh, Coach Knuckles told me they were scrimmaging at Woodrow. Dave Barksdale would just come in to Woodrow – uh, to rebuild that program. We know what he's done uh, uh, or would go on to do win five state championships himself in the, in the 1990s. But they were playing the scrimmage game, and, and Mullins was getting the better of Woodrow. Played two, three, four quarters, played a fifth quarter, and uh, Coach Knuckles said, Coach, talking to Coach Barksdale, Coach, did you, uh, are, are you ready to play the JV? He said, no, I want to play one more. Anybody who knows how competitive Dave Barksdale is can understand that. And uh, so they play another one, and Coach, uh, Coach Knuckles says, Coach, can we play the JV now? I said, no, I want to play another one. So it goes on like that, and uh, they play another one, and another one, and finally Coach Knuckles said, Coach, we need to play the JV now. And uh, Coach Bar said, I want to play another one. Don <laughs> Knuckles looked at him and said, Coach, we could go on all night. We can play all night. You're not going to beat us. <laughs> so... Uh, that was one. He also told a story about a, a, a Oceana that was a big rival of Mullins. And uh, if you know or are familiar with Oceana uh, Gym, maybe I can paint the picture. Behind the bench area is a walkway, and there's a, a rail there. And Coach, Coach Knuckles would walk behind 
the bench, and a lady pour, uh, reached over the rail, poured the coke on him, and he just looked at her and said, "Why are you wasting the coke on me?" <laughs> That's kind of the and a lot of great stories like that. And he could really hold a room when he was in the room. Uh, he was the main attraction, and uh, we, he will be greatly missed. I I miss him now. You know, Dave, he, he coached a lot of great players. He de- helped develop those players that you know went on to be very successful as well. Hey, you look at uh, the team. Mike D'Antoni was a senior, I think, and Jerome Anderson, a sophomore, uh, early in his career. Both those guys went on to play in the pros. There's Greg uh, White, who people in the Huntington area will remember as a great ball handler and later the coach. Herbie Brooks, of course, who scored a record 50 points in a state tournament game in 1983. Just a lot of outstanding players that he coached. And uh, everyone that talks about Coach Knuckles, he was a fiery guy. And probably a lot of people in Wyoming County, not from Mullins, probably not big fans of Don Knuckles. But I tell you what, when you got to know the guy, he he was a great guy, great stories, and well respected. And a lot of people say he was better administrator than he was a coach. And if that's the case, they had a top notch administrator as well. He won state championships in 1970 and 1972 in Class AA, and then in Single A from 82 to 84, three in a row, including uh, his final season, I believe, in which uh, 84 Eight, was his 84. last year. So yeah. he went out uh, a state champion, then became the principal at Mullins High School, and um, just, uh, uh, like you said, it's a tough loss, 78 years old, and uh, and you just mentioned, I'll, I'll mention some of these names again real quick, Mike D'Antoni, current coach of the Houston Rockets, Herbie Brooks, who is a name that is just synonymous Assistant with basketball. Coach Wyoming East now. Yeah. Greg White, who uh, went on to have a good career at Marshall, was, uh, a, was an assistant for Jim Herrick for a short time, at UCLA, head coach at Marshall, head coach at the University of Charleston, uh, Sean Finney, who was an assistant coach at Marshall, a head coach at Tulane, an assistant coach at UCF over the years as well. A lot of that Mullins coaching tree uh, is related to Coach Knuckles. It was, and, and Louis D'Antoni before, I think, coached uh, Coach D'Antoni here. Yeah. Dan D'Antoni. So it's just a, it's a long and very storied. Also, Rob Fulford, an assistant at uh, Mullins, or rather at Missouri now, I think he might have played for Gene Reed. And, and Gene Reed, like Don Knuckles, he was an assistant for Coach Knuckles, took over the head coaching job. He won a state championship in his last year, and uh, that was early in Wyoming East history. Well, to put things in perspective real fast before we go to break, Rob Fulford was the head coach at Huntington Prep right. when Andrew Wiggins, Xavier Raton Mays, who's currently having a standout year at Florida State, and, and some of those guys, there were multiple guys that are currently in D1, were there. He took them to a West Side Wyoming East game because he wanted them to experience small town high school basketball at its finest in terms of those communities getting together. Yeah, and I understand and his players were jumping around at the end of the game. I think it was again when Wyoming East won late. He said his players were jumping around like they had, they were part of the community as well because it was so exciting. I said last week, I think the best rivalry in the state. You can just imagine when Coach Knuckles was at Mullins, when Coach. Um, what, when the and they played like the Oceana Larry Mathis teams, and these small gyms were filled up, you had to buy a ticket and get in before the JV start. People don't realize how deep, rich in history that Wyoming County is in basketball. It's just it's fantastic. It really and, and, is. And Oceana, the old wigwam. 
right? <laughs> I think, I haven't think heard that one. I'll ask while. my wife because she went to Oceana, so I'll have to get on the, on the horn with her and find out about the wigwam. Yeah, some great stories that come out of uh, that gymnasium over over the years. We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We have a scoreboard update. We'll also talk with Brian Miller, head coach of the Preston Knights girls basketball team. They had a pretty historic win. This past week, and we'll explain that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues halfway home on the, ba- on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night. In West Virginia, congratulations to Cheyenne Dunham. South Charleston Black Eagles joins many other selected for the standout athlete of the week here at Basketball Friday Night. If you've got someone remarkable on your team or an athlete that made an outstanding play, you can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. And coming up, we're going to meet... Cheyenne Dunham. Each week we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a standout athlete of the week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, click on the standout athlete of the week tab, fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. In case you're watching on Twitter, Periscope, Facebook, RSN uh, Facebook page. We're doing a Facebook live feed. You can watch us on Network West Virginia. We're also on Armstrong Cable tonight, digital channel 204 in the tri-state area. Lots of places to watch. Also on the website, basketballnight.com, you can watch the YouTube feed. What about those picks? If you're looking at all the pictures featured on our video stream, you can send your pictures in from the games that are going to happen in the next week, and we'll feature them during the break as part of our video stream. Send them to us at our Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can also send them to RSN Sports on Facebook or Instagram. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling 10:34 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling alongside joe lenville dave morrison of espn the ticket 102.3 in hinton happy to have you along along the fast break sports network tonight on this february 17th 2017 we'll go to the phone lines in just a moment, but first it's time for another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look, no more. We'll do exactly like we did just a moment ago. <laughs> Visit basketballnight.com. Boys high school basketball action tonight. OVACs. Colby Brown's game winner at the buzzer lifts the Cameron Dragons over Bel Air, Ohio, 65-64. It was Harrison Central of Ohio defeating Weir, 63-53. Steubenville Catholic Central of Ohio defeats Magnolia 65-60. It was St. Clairsville, Ohio over John Marshall 66-55. And Parkersburg South defeats Beaver Local, Ohio 
59. Also in the OVAC tonight, it was Wheeling Park defeating Oak Glen 67-54. MSAC placement games tonight. Ripley defeats Cabell Midland 89-84. It was uh, that was an overtime game as well. Parkersburg defeats Spring Valley 70-57. George Washington picks up a 62-42 victory over Hurricane. The Tigers Valley Bulldogs defeat Pocahontas County tonight 87-59. The Battle of Hardy County tonight. East Hardy gets the win over Moorefield 47-41 in Baker. And tonight it was Pendleton County defeating Petersburg 81-64. It was Philip Barber over Berkeley Springs tonight, 81-50. Lincoln County goes to 14-6 with a win over Buckhannon Upshur, 56-43. Fayetteville remains undefeated at 20-0 as they pick up a win over James Monroe, 72-46. It was Frankfurt over Hampshire tonight, 58-41. Bluefield winners over Greenbrier East, 56-46. It was the Greenbrier West Cavaliers over Montcalm, 75-50. Musselman defeated Hedgesville, 50-30. In overtime, Polka defeated Herbert Hoover, 51-48. Kaiser defeated Southern Garrett of Maryland, 61-59. Liberty Harrison, the Mountaineers, pick up a win over Tyler Consolidated tonight, 59-52. Martinsburg down Spring Mill 75-56. Midland Trail winner tonight over Richwood 77-73. Mingo Central Miners pick up another win tonight as they defeat Nitro 65-60. Pikeview, the Panthers down Van 84-64. Princeton picks up a big win tonight over Wyoming East 55-44. Riverview. A winner tonight over Liberty Raleigh, 54-50. Westside, the Renegades pick up a win over Oak Hill, 66-47. And the Wildcats of Logan defeat Winfield, 51-45. And in a game last night we talked about a little earlier, Chapmanville down Wayne, 80-47. Girls high school basketball postseason play is underway tonight. Tyler Consolidated. Wins a Region 1 Section 2 game in Class A over Payton City, 51-26. The Wildcats' season now over. Calhoun County defeats Work County, 55-32. It was Ravenswood defeating Wahama, 80-28. Both those games in Region 4 Section 1. In Region 4 Section 2 in Class A, Van defeats Buffalo, 40-37. Tulsa beats Tug Valley tonight, 69-32. Regular season game. It was Riverview over Liberty Raleigh, 68-26. Still need an update on this one. Bridgeport at the half led Elkins, 24-16. That would have been the longest halftime known to man. (laughs) Also tonight, OVAC game. University defeats John Marshall, 71-44. Charleston Catholic beats Richwood, 48-34. And Greater Beckley Christian defeats Grace Christian in the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament semifinals. 49-29 49-29 Crusaders get the win. That is your BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Always go to BasketballNight.com or at hoops underscore roundup to get all the scores from across the state of West Virginia. Also tonight you can view us on Twitter, on Periscope. Uh, we have a lot of viewers who have uh, been watching the show that way. Also as well on Network West Virginia and on our great radio affiliates all across the state of West Virginia whom we are thankful for each and every one of. Uh, last, okay, before we move on here, 
It was two nights ago. A score came across that that kind of, I won't say surprised me, but at the same time, it was one that that caught my attention. In girls basketball, Preston defeated Morgantown by a score of forty three to forty one, and that game was at Preston. The head coach of the Knights is Brian Miller. And Coach Miller joins us now on the program. And Coach, your ball club is having a very good season. That win last night, though, or excuse me, two nights ago now, uh, one that was kind of a long time coming for your team. Yeah, yeah, we've had a pretty good season so far, fifteen and seven. But uh, but the win, the win Wednesday night was definitely a feather in the cap, and one we've been waiting on for <laughs> quite a few years now. And Preston getting that win over Morgantown and uh, the three-time reigning St. Champion Mohegans at that. And, and Coach, now that sets you up going into postseason play. Well, what a difficult section that you're in, too, as um, your sectional opponents are Buchanan Upshur University and Morgantown. And all three of those teams have proven that they are, you know, they could be legitimate top ten teams. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Buchanan, you know, they've played a lot of teams around the state, and uh, they've won almost all of them. And, you know, Morgantown, when they're fully healthy and ready to go, um, you know, they, they can beat anybody in the state. And university's been playing really well lately. They had a, a big win tonight, and uh, they got us the other night. And then, you know, we're 15-7 and seven and just got a win over Morgantown, and we're the fourth seed out of four teams in our section. Well, that was a 21-year drought that was ended with your victory over Morgantown earlier this week. And uh, I know that you've been a a strong supporter um, in that area of the program of of, of girls basketball in general. And, you know, three straight programs for or, or championships for Coach Jason White at Morgantown. But how much has girls basketball in that area kind of taken off in maybe the last five to six years? It's unreal. I mean, you know, with the Triple A's, Morgantown, they've won three in a row. Um, universities, you know, annually uh, a powerhouse as well. And, you know, I like to think we're, we're up and coming and, and getting better every year and competing with everybody. But, you know, you look at the Double A's too. You've got North Marion, you've got Fairmont Senior, Lincoln. Uh, Bridgeport, just to name a few, <laughs> in in our in our conference and Buckingham Upshurst, you know, really dominant right now. And and yeah, this this area is um, starting to become a lot harder than I've ever seen it as far as it comes to girls basketball. But you know, I, I'd like to think you know that that's kind of what's happening to the whole state. We we try to go out of state a lot, and you know, last year we went to Disney World and came in second in our bracket, and then this year we went to South Carolina. And uh, we were down there with St. Albans, uh, Scott James, and Daniel Master, George Washington. And, you know, we all did pretty well down there. And, and um, North Marion went to Florida and won their bracket. You know, we lost our championship game in the bracket. St. Albans won theirs. Um, so I'd like to think the whole state's getting better as a whole. But definitely in this area, it's, uh, it's becoming a lot harder to get a win. I'll tell you what, Buchanan Upshur's had kind of a fairy tale type season uh, for them. Big wins almost uh, on a weekly basis. And you go there, and quite frankly, you can spoil their entire season Monday because, uh, unfortunately, um, and, and on the other 
other side they can spoil your season which has been a very good one too one of your two teams has no chance to go to regional play yeah yeah that's you know i have my thoughts on <laughs> how i think this big tournament or you know i'd like to see the postseason go but you know it's rough when uh you got you beat a team like morgantown and uh you're having you know the best season we've had since i've been there at 15 and 7 and our reward is to play 19 and 3 buckhannon and and uh coach maxwell and you know the powerhouse they got going on down there right now but we're gonna go down there and give it a shot and <laughs> see if we can come out on top hopefully Coach Brian Miller of the Preston Knights, 15-7, and seven, heading into postseason play Monday at, Bocan- at Buchanan Upshur. Coach Miller, thanks so much for joining us. I know you've had a great season. I know you had to hold on there for a long time for us. We appreciate that, and I uh, wish you guys the best of luck. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having us on. All right. Again, that's Brian Miller, head coach of the Preston Knights. We'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we've got our standout athlete of the week, Cheyenne Dunham of South Charleston. We've also got Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County, and Wade Williamson, head coach of the Wayne girls basketball team. That's all in basketball. Friday night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, and broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on real-life experiences that not only exposes the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunity to cover them in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and Heard TV, as well as communications campaigns, off-campus internships, and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise. The Marshall University School of Journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us on Twitter, and hey, shout out to our newest Twitter follower tonight, Michael Hurst. Hello, Michael. Also, John Wood, Big Dog Down, Patrick, and Brianne Caldwell-Vasky. Thanks for joining us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1046 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Smokey and the Bandit used to say, we got a long way to go and we got a short time to get there. There's ACDC there, too. Yeah, I mean, 
I wasn't I wasn't matching the song there, but we, we I'm telling the truth. We have uh, still just an hour fifteen minutes or hour ten minutes left to show, basically. And uh, like I said, a lot of things to still get in there uh, throughout the course of this evening. We'll have a scoreboard update at the top of the hour. We'll talk with Wade Williamson in a moment. Wayne Girls Coach also talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County in just a moment. But right now, it's time for our standout athlete of the week. She is a senior at South Charleston, a 4.5 GPA and above. Um, She's been a lockdown player defensively who has averaged about 12 points per game. Uh, One of the first people on the floor for a loose ball, a dedicated hard worker, but unfortunately has had to deal with injury over the course of her high school career. She is Cheyenne Dunham. She joins us now on the program and... First off, Cheyenne, congratulations on being this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. Thank you so much. And uh, we have to ask you right off the bat, how are you doing? We know you're trying to deal with some uh, some injury-related issues. I'm doing really great. Even though I'm, in, I'm injured, I still cheer on my team because we're on the road to success and we're going to make it to the championship whether I'm playing or just sitting on the bench cheering them on. How frustrating is it? I mean, there's, it's obvious you want to be on the basketball court, but how, how hard is it, how tough is it on you to sit on the sidelines and watch your team play? It's hard. It really hurts. But I'm just trying to recover so I can get back on to the court. Hopefully I'll be back by Civic Center time, and that will just make the team better as a whole, that I'm recovered and well to 110%. Well, Cheyenne, uh, obviously it changes your role as a senior leader on the floor to having to be someone who is there for the team uh, in terms of while you've been injured. Uh, how have you been able to do that? Has the team kind of still responded to you in, in the same way since you've been hurt? Yes, they respond to me in the same way because they look up, they look up to me. I'm a huge role model, and I'm still – playing a huge part on the team, whether I'm just sitting on the bench or on the court, I'm still telling them what they need to do or what they're doing wrong. You're um, basically looking at it at a bigger view because I'm sitting on the bench and I can see every little aspect that they're doing wrong in the game and I can help them and change that during timeout to make it better throughout the game. 17-4 and four on the season is the girls team there at South Charleston um, before we let you go I have to ask now any chance you get into coaching later on because of this um, I kind of want to do that after I fulfill my dreams I want to be an orthopedic surgeon so maybe once I get my degree I can go into a little coaching I mean I like to coach and teach the game of basketball my mom's a coach and my mom's best friend is a coach too so I really think that might be my road to go is to be a coach someday later on because I think I would really do very good at it. Cheyenne Dunham, South Charleston High School. Wish your team the best of luck through sectional and regional play. Hopefully they can make it to the state tournament. Hopefully um, you can get back on the floor uh, to complete your senior season. We're certainly rooting for you in that regard. We congratulate you again on being our Standout Athlete of the Week and wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, that's Cheyenne Dunham, South Charleston High School. Orthopedic surgeon. That's what I was going to say. Very, in, very impressive. Yes. Orthopedic surgeon. And you can tell. I can't even spell that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a writer. <laughs> I, 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 I'll Some tell say. You, it, 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 well, 
there's no argument to that. Dave, Dave is an excellent sports writer and uh, several several stops along the way. Uh, several. I've been the Eastern Panhandle, the Northern Panhandle, and, of course, Beckley for, for years and years and, and back in the southern part of the state, uh, which I, I love being in the southern. I don't regret any of those stops along the way, but uh, really love being in the southern part of the state. We'll go to Sam Blizzard of WELD Radio in just a moment right now. Let's go to Wade Williamson, head coach of the Wayne Lady Pioneers. And uh, Coach Williamson, your ball club picking up a nice win at Lincoln County last night, even though we had it wrong for much of the day-to-day, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we played pretty well last night, especially in stretches. We kind of started out uh, slow. with our senior senior night there, and they, they started out very fast, and um, – we had to play catch up for a little while. We did, and we were able to take care of the ball and, and finish the game. Shot kind of shot very well, also. And coach, I think if I were to put a finger on any program. And, and, of course, I know about your program better than most uh, that, that, that I would know about. But if I were to put a finger on any program and go, that is the uh, epitome of how difficult it can be to make a state tournament in this state over the years, regardless of how good you are due to circumstances seen and unforeseen, yours would be the one. Tell me how your ball club has handled the adversity going into this year and then you know, you lose Lake and Atkins to injury uh, right at a point where really I thought you were playing some really good basketball and had to kind of hit the reset button again. Uh, yeah, we've had to. Uh, we talked about that a little bit today in practice and, and uh, some of the things that have happened. And uh, then the injuries, and uh, we've had a few other little nicks and bruises that hadn't helped us either. So it, it seems like uh, there's a little while we were kind of, as you said, hit the reset button more than more than probably most. But we, we've been able to keep through pretty, pretty tough, mentally tough. Um, you know, the. Coach, you're in a real tough section there. You know, you've got Sissonville and and you guys and Polka and Winfield and and uh, Nitro and Point Pleasant. Uh, do you feel like your team overall is, is is really starting to peak out as you head into this sectional play this coming week? Well, we have certainly what well, we hope so. You know, we hope for what we have. We played probably at least one of the tougher schedules I can remember of main team play, and, and hopefully that's, you know, prepared us uh, for that. Um, you know, but I guess the better thing is to play. Hopefully, you think that uh, that kind of experience will lend itself to you good at the end of the year, and that's obviously what we hope. We, we did get in a very tough section uh, last year. We was in the uh, other section part of that region, and uh, this year we got moved over because of the classification and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's very tough, very tough section. I mean, all teams in that, in that side are very good. And we just like to play well and, and kind of see what happens. Something we can do at this point in time. Coach, Monday night you host Nitro in the first round of the sectional <coughs> tournament, and that'll be the first 
game that Wayne has hosted for a sectional game in, I believe, about 15 or 16 years, maybe a little bit more than that now. And uh, that can mean a lot to the community in its own right. Yeah, I, I think it's a, you know, it's a big thing for us. Uh, you know, um, just, a, just a chance to host and to, and to be a, a higher seed. They are sections older house. And uh, so, yeah, that's a, I think it's a big thing. I, I hope we have a really good turnout. I think we'll have a good turnout. We had pretty good crowds all year, and um, people seem to be getting behind the uh, girls and kids pretty good bit. So, uh, yeah, we're excited about hosting it. We're playing a very good team. Uh, we played them earlier. We played them once earlier this year and, and was pretty fortunate. We won. They had a kid that uh, was injured or something that happened and she didn't play. So they, they got a little bit better team than what we'd seen when we went and played them. So we're going to have to be on our, you know, we'll have to be on our game. Uh, they're young, but they're, they're very capable. They get, uh, I guess, really nice pieces to their, to their team also. So we'll have to go and play well and, and just see what happens. Coach Wade Williamson of the Wayne High School girls team, thanks so much for joining us here tonight. Wish you all the best of luck. I'll see you Monday night. And, um, again, uh, I think you've got a team that, quite frankly, having been around it um, in, the, in the form that I have over the course of the past couple of years, one that you can be proud of and one that the community can be proud of as well. Yeah, so I'm very proud of them. Um, and, and I hope people in the community are too because, it's, uh, you know, we've come a, we've come a long way. We've, we've had three straight seasons where we've won at least uh, double figures in games and and uh, you might know better than I would but that, I don't know how many times that's happened and, and so we're proud of that fact and uh, we're just trying to build and build and and hopefully we can uh, you know do something that's uh, you know, hasn't been done for a while and that's, and that's one affection and that's what we're trying to do and, and we want to you know, get the best that we can All right. and I appreciate you having me on Hey, always always a blast always a good time to talk with Wade Williamson we've got to step aside take a break when we come back we'll talk with Sam Blizzard WELD Radio in Hardy County he was with the Moorfield East Hardy Boys game tonight for WELD Radio that was a fantastic game we'll have a scoreboard update and our resident referee Dave thanks for the question for both I will think of one and we'll do that when basketball Friday one. night in West Virginia continues with our three here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Lots of places that you can watch the show tonight. Network West Virginia statewide on Channel 2. Also, we've got a feed on RSN's Facebook Live page. Go to Basketball Night. You can watch us on YouTube. And Marcus has got Periscope and Twitter going tonight, too. Also, we're on Armstrong Channel uh, 209 tonight. 204, actually. I don't know what's on 209. 
And we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including the all-new 92.5 FM, WGHM LP, and Ravenswood Ripley, 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC LP, and Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP LP, Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPW LP, Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP, LP in Wayne, Knights Radio 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, 95 The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston. You can also hear us on 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFG84J, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP in Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAP Clay, and 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Like I said, guys, we have the best crew in the business. Ryan Epling, Dave Morrison, and Joe Linville with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Final hour of the program on this Friday, February 17th, 2017. As we start down the home stretch, girls in tournament play, boys tournament play ramps up here in a couple of weeks. And it's the most wonderful time of year, Dave. It really is, but I hate to see it in. You know, I do too. It, it, comes I do so, it comes so fast right after football, and before you know it, it's over. I, I, I hate wishing the season away, but the sectional, regional tournaments, in some ways, more fun than the state tournament. But it's state tournament, as you know, you get to see friends you, you don't normally get to see other, any other time other than the state tournament. Always a, a good time, and... Yeah, I'm one of those people who I actually like the regular season so much that I, I hate to see it uh, slip away. And so, yeah, almost done with that. Yeah, anyway. What fun, though, talking about who should be ranked where. And, and the seeds <laughs> will be out next week for the boys. Girls obviously already released, but uh, always good discussion. Can you imagine the conversations across the state about that? I mean, the arguments that go on and just it, it, all the talk behind the scenes, the, the water cooler talk. Well, and and we'll go to Sam Blizzard in just a second. Then we'll get a scoreboard scoreboard update for you. But uh, you know, we were just talking here in the break. If you think about it, with the new classifications this year, you've got twenty nine class AAA schools, and then you have roughly fifty AA and single A schools, and you've pigeonholed them into the same system. That's why you've got some class A girls sectional games tonight. 
because there are three rounds of sectional play in certain parts exactly. of the state. Exactly. I mean, when you think about it, it's crazy. We talked about sectional. Should they be required to play each other? Uh, that kind of talk. If you tried to do that in, in single A, had them play a sectional opponent twice, and then go over to the region, well, their schedule's already filled because the region is so big, right. they would have no time to play anybody else out of their region. And also, geography becomes a problem. Uh, Always a problem here in West Virginia, yes. But you talk about the boys' tournament. You're going to play two weeks and two tournaments, considering the regional, which is a play-in game, but considering it a tournament still, um, to to eliminate 21 teams. You're going to eliminate 21 AA teams on the first night. That that's the thing. That's when it really happens fast. All of a sudden, if you're doing st- statistics like I do, all of a sudden it's over, and you've got like three teams left, and you're like, what happened? <laughs> exactly. And uh, let's go right now to Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County, where East Hardy picked up a victory tonight over Moorfield in boys basketball. And Sam, I gotta ask: Do do, do Hardy County schools do East Hardy and Moorfield play a boys or girls game every Friday night of the season against each other? It seems like they do save them for Friday nights. <laughs> um, I know last week we had the uh, the girls matchup, but uh, they do seem to save those for Friday nights. And uh, quite an atmosphere over in Baker tonight. One of the better ones I've seen for a regular season basketball game in quite some time. But um, tough, hard-fought game for East Hardy. I mean, uh, 47-41, to 41, you might see that score and think it was a sloppy game, but it uh, really wasn't. Not a lot of turnovers either way. And uh, East Hardy able to come out with a win tonight. Well, Sam, what I really like about rivalry games such as this, when you talk about the atmosphere tonight in Baker for that, these are two teams that each are below 500, and quite frankly, that just doesn't matter. No, no, not not in the least bit. Um, you know, they both had uh, pretty decent weeks last night. Uh, Moorfield defeated uh, Pocahontas County, and earlier in the week, East Hardy defeated uh, an 11-win Union Ball Club. So, um, you know, they seem to be uh, peaking here at the right time. Uh, East Hardy started 0-4 on the uh, regular season, and now I believe they bumped the record up to uh, 9-11, and so heading in the right direction. Yeah, this is something that we, we, we like to celebrate high school basketball, and I think this is um, kind of a, a, a nice example of, of that in that, again, two teams' records don't matter at all because it was an enjoyable high school basketball game for you to call tonight, I'm sure. Oh, very much. Um, I could do this every night of the week. If you had uh, <laughs> very intense games like we had there, but not sure that the family would enjoy that, but you know how that goes. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes the family would like to get to stay home a little bit more often. But um, so, so uh, l- looking forward though for these uh, the schools. I know you also cover Pendleton County as well, and don't let me leave anybody out up there. I apologize if I do. Uh, Petersburg, Petersburg. Also, uh, we cover Petersburg. Um, they uh, had a big win over Tucker County earlier this week. They did lose to Pendleton last night, or well, actually this evening. But uh, Pendleton, I guess they're fifteen and three now, and they defeated Petersburg. That was one of the uh, three teams that had defeated them earlier on in the season in the uh, championship game of the Petersburg Holiday Tournament. And those two teams actually play again next Friday night. So um, these local teams just seem to be going around and around here towards the end of the season. <laughs> and uh, definitely, as we head toward the postseason, that will be a lot of fun to follow as well. 
Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Wish uh, uh, you guys a, a good and, and safe weekend and uh, a good week. Hopefully, hey, we've got great weather throughout much of West Virginia. I know the Potomac Highlands sometimes can be a little different than everywhere else. Hoping that everything's uh, good for you guys up there as well. Truly been blessed this uh, year, Ryan. Very few cancellations or anything of that nature. Uh, you know, I'd say ninety-five percent of the games went off of schedule. Hey, we'll knock on wood, and hopefully, <laughs> it'll uh, stay true to that. Sam Blizzard, WLD Radio. Thanks so much for joining us, and. Uh, guys, we got to do a scoreboard update before we get to Bo. We'll let uh, we'll just do the same format we have all all evening. How about that? I'll I'll take the top half. We'll turn Joe loose with the bottom half of the boys tournament or or not tournament boys games, and I'll get the girls tournament games. Going through the OVACs tonight in boys basketball, Cameron gets a game winner from Colby Brown at the buzzer to defeat Bel Air Ohio, 65-64. Harrison Central Ohio defeats Weir 63-53. Payton City defeats Frontier Ohio 52-40. It was Steubenville Catholic Central 65, Magnolia 60. Indian Creek Ohio beats Brook 51-40. Bellsville Ohio falls to 100. The 100 Hornets get the win 63, excuse me, 83-69. It was Monroe Central Ohio defeating Clay Battelle, 63-45. St. Clairsville, Ohio defeats John Marshall, 66-55. And Parkersburg South beats Beaver Local, Ohio, 92-59. West Virginia Ohio schools kind of going about 50-50 there. Also uh, in the OVAC, it was Willing Park defeating Oak Glen, 67-54. MSAC games... In overtime, Ripley defeats Cabell Midland, 89-84. Parkersburg goes to 14 and 7 with a 70 to 57 victory over Spring Valley. It was St. Albans defeating Riverside 47-39. George Washington picks up a 62-42 win tonight over Hurricane. Also tonight, it was Tigers Valley over Pocahontas County 87-59. East Hardy beats Moorfield. The game we just talked about with Sam Blizzard 47-41. The final the Cougars get the win in Baker. Also tonight, Pendleton County defeats Petersburg 81-64. Union picked up a win tonight over Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 60-54. Philip Barber picks up a win tonight, 81-50 over Berkeley Springs. Lincoln County winners tonight over Buckhannon Upshur, 56-43. Fayetteville picks up another win tonight as they defeat James Monroe, 72-46. Frankfurt defeats Hampshire, 58-51. Bluefield winners tonight over Greenbrier East, 56-46. Greenbrier West picks up a win tonight, 75-50 over Montcalm. It was Musselman over Hedgesville, 50-30. In overtime, Polka defeated Herbert Hoover, 51-48. Kaiser defeated Southern Garrett, Maryland, 61-59. Tyler Consolidated falls to Liberty Harrison tonight, 59-52. Martinsburg, the Bulldogs over Spring Mills, 75-56. Midland Trail, winners tonight over the Richwood Lumberjacks, 77-73. It was Mingo Central over their Cardinal Conference foe, Nitro, 65-60. Pikeview picks up a win over the Van Bulldogs, 84-64. Princeton picks up a win tonight over uh, Wyoming East, 55-44. 
And Riverview picks up a win tonight over Liberty Raleigh, 54-50. to Girls high school basketball tonight. These scores continue to roll in. Sectional tournament play. Region 1, Section 2. It was Tyler Consolidated defeating Payton City, 51-26. Region 2, Section 1. We had an upset, gentlemen. Doddridge County picks up its first win of the year, defeating Tigers Valley tonight. 53-42 Bulldogs advance. Season is over for Tigers Valley. In Region 4, Section 1 in Class A, Calhoun County defeats Work County, 55-32. It was a good night to be a Red Devil in that section as Ravenswood defeats Wahama, 80-28. Region 4, Section 2, Class Single A, Van defeats Buffalo, 40-37. Tulsa defeats Tug Valley, 69-32. OVAC game, it was Morgantown's girls bouncing back from that loss to Preston two nights ago with a 66-36 victory over Beaver Local, Ohio. Also tonight in the OVAC, University defeats John Marshall, 71-44. Regular season games, Riverview defeats Liberty Raleigh, 68-26. It was Bridgeport defeating Elkins, 49-37. Charleston Catholic defeats Richwoods, 48-34. And in the West Virginia Christian Association Tournament semifinals, it was Greater Beckley Christian behind 14 points from Grace Mitchell, beating Grace Christian tonight. 49-29 Crusaders beats the Soldiers. And I missed three scores. Mount View over Summers County 66-53. Westside over Oak Hill 66-47. And Logan over Winfield 51-45 over on the boys' side. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's bring in our resident referee now. Here's a guy who actually invites criticism, not really criticism, (laughs) but he invites questions from us in a controlled setting. He invites questions from fans, just not in the middle of the game when he's trying to work, although he is a polite person while on the floor for the most part. Bo Anderson, our resident referee, joins us now on the program. Bo, welcome back into Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, buddy, it's just another night. I'm uh, (laughs) on my way back to the game, and... uh... Yeah, I invite any questions anybody's got. It just depends on how they put them. <laughs> and, and you got to be nice to Bo because he has been known to throw people out of the gymnasium. Well, <laughs> you know, not very often in my career. Once in a while I do. I've, I've been very fortunate this year. That, uh, Ryan has blessed me the last couple of weeks, and I've had some easy games and – not really had anything, and I've only had, you know, in the 50 or whatever games I've worked already, only had a couple of technicals, so I'm I'm happy. Ryan's blessed me. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever been accused of that before, but, uh, but um, we, we always enjoy having Bo in. We, we get to ask him some of the nuances um, to do what we like to say and, and what Bo likes to say. Get rid of the fan manual and correct that with correct uh, answers on rules of the game. Dave Morrison, ESPN uh, Radio, the ticket one hundred two point three, and Hinton is here in studio with us. And Dave, I'll let you. Uh, I'll open the floor for you to ask a question to Bo Anderson. Okay, Bo. Here's what I have: Team A inbounding the ball. It's on Team B side. They're inbounding the ball along the baseline and can't get the ball in. The coach, Team B's coach, is on the floor. So Team A player throws the ball off the coach whose foot is on the floor 
What's the call? Uh, well, is the coach inbounds? Well, yeah, the coach is on the floor. One well, foot the on the floor. First of all, that's probably a technical foul for him being <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and I'm going to ask him first of all if he's got a uh, if he's got a uniform that he's wearing. <laughs> One foot on the floor. You know how the coaches. Probably- you know how the coaches will come on the floor at times. They'll be. One foot on the floor, maybe coaching their team. Uh, I can understand that. Now, if he's standing, you know, if he's standing out of bounds and they throw it out of bounds and hit him, obviously it's out of bounds. Right. It's the other team's ball. If he's in bounds, I, you're just you're really going to have to assess a technical foul for him being out of the coach's box. And that's something that um, every now and then, every now and then, it's not often, but. Uh, occasionally you'll see a coach take a step too far out. And if a player's really heads up, they can take advantage of that. But you have to really have an eagle eye on that. But uh, here, here's another Oh, yeah. Yeah, and here's another one for you, Bo. And this one is uh, more along the lines of the administrative side of things. If, uh, if, if there is a flagrant foul called on Team A in the midst of a play – and let's say Team B's player reacts in some way that draws a technical foul, what is the order of the shots and then the ball out of bounds that follows? Okay, you had a flagrant foul on Team A and then a technical foul on Team B. Correct. You shoot in the order in which they occur. Okay, so you always shoot in the sequence of which they occur. So the first thing you're going to do is the player that got fouled, because it's a live ball flagrant foul, the player that got fouled is going to shoot the two shots for that foul, and then you're going to give uh, the two shots plus the ball to the team for the technical foul on the other team. You always shoot in the order of the sequence of which the fouls occur. And then the only difference in that is if you have a – double foul and that's always point of interruption so you know you don't shoot on double fouls you don't shoot on double technicals and you don't shoot on simultaneous fouls but anytime you have a foul and then not simultaneously but in that case you had a flagrant foul and you had a technical foul you would shoot them in the order of which they occurred and then the out of bounds would go to the team that shot the technical free throws correct right yes the team that shot if it, okay if you just had the flagrant foul that that team would get two shots the person that got flagrantly fouled would get two shots and they would get the ball spot close to the foul but now team a a gets a technical, then that gives Team B the two shots for the technical foul, and then they get the ball side opposite half court. Uh, division line. All right, that that all makes sense, and and we we like it when things when things are logical. And Bo, I'll, I'll open the floor for you here. Uh, if if you've run across anything a little bit odd or something that you would like to share. Well, um, a couple of things. Uh, there's one thing I want to talk about, not a rule thing, but I'll do that in just a second. Uh, let me talk about, I really haven't had it, but I've had some 
attempts to try to have it uh, on free throws. Um, let's say A1 is shooting a foul shot and B1 is in the mark lane space and fakes going into the lane. Uh, and it causes A to step in the lane. The only penalty that is assessed is the faking. So if you have faking, if it doesn't cause anybody to step in the lane, then you have no whistle, you have nothing. But if you have faking, and I've had to talk to a couple kids about it because it didn't cause the other team to violate, but if it did, I'm going to have to give that team another shot if they're shooting. Or if A shooting and A fakes going into the lane, and causes B to go in the lane, then that wipes out A shot immediately. So um, I try to explain to the kids, I haven't had the violation of it yet this year, but I've had three or four instances where a kid tried to fake in the lane and cause the other team to go, and I don't think that they realize that that's a violation on them if the other team goes into the lane. So um, that, that's one thing that I wanted to talk about was, was the faking into the lane. That's always something that, uh, you know, I, I can't say I've, that I've, you know, over the years, I don't remember seeing a lot of that personally, but don't, uh, just don't do it, kids. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> make, make it easy on everybody. Just don't do that. Hey, Bo, always a pleasure. We appreciate you taking your time to, to talk with us and join us and to share your perspective on things. And uh, you, you really do us a great service and do our listeners a great service as well. Hey, well, I appreciate it. And I, I want on because I've not been able to listen to the show except for whenever I come on. But I would like to uh, pass my condolences out uh, to uh, Coach Knuckles' uh, family and uh, friends. Um, I knew Coach Knuckles um, when I played in high school. We actually played against them uh, in the state championship. And uh, he was a fantastic guy. So I would like to throw my condolences out. I talked to him every time at the state tournament. He was at some games I refereed during the regular season for several years. Uh, So I want to put my condolences out to him. And I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate the show. Uh, It's always good. I I enjoy calling in on Friday nights. All right, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and we echo his sentiments toward Coach Knuckles' family uh, down in Mullins tonight. Right now, we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, Craig Dutton of 93 Light Rock. No, 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 WRRR in St. Mary's. We'll talk with Craig when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's no place better to be than right here. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate all the tweets, emails, sending us updates on the games. We really appreciate that, and we appreciate you doing that all season long. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Uh, shout out to our newest followers, including Chase King, Sidney Christ, Cole Whited, uh, Teresa J. Hall, Taxi Squad, Patty, Andrew Gray, and Ricky Lester. Once again, follow us on Twitter. And, hey, 
we'll mention your name on the radio. What about those picks, too? If you're looking at our video stream or watching us on Network West Virginia Channel 2, and there's so many ways you can actually watch the feed, you can go to RSN Sports Facebook page. We're on Facebook Live. You can go to basketballnight.com, and we're on YouTube Live. We're also tonight on Twitter and Periscope and on Armstrong Cable, Channel 204. Lots of ways you can watch the show. And if you're watching, right now you see all these pictures that come in from all over the state. Well, we want you to send your pictures to us so we can share them with everybody else. You can send them to us on our uh, Twitter account, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them to the RSN Sports page, uh, their Instagram account, or RSN Sports Facebook page, and we'll pick those pictures up and we'll share them with everybody else. And we appreciate you being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11-23 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville, Dave Morrison, all with you here on this edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick Marone not with us tonight as Coach Marone of the Lady Rebels of Tulsa High School Busy coaching a sectional tournament game earlier tonight that his Lady Rebels were victorious in over Tug Valley. Right now it's time to catch up on our power ratings. We'll go to Craig Dutton in a moment, but Marcus Constantino here with our latest BasketballNight.com power ratings. That's right, and today we only have the boys' power ratings because the final girls' power ratings uh, were dropped uh, yesterday on uh, Brandon Lowe's show, uh, uh, 950 WBES in Charleston. You can check those out at BasketballNight.com. But right now we'll get into the latest BasketballNight.com boys' power ratings starting in Class AAA. University at 19-2 and two sticks to number one. A capital 16-4 and four at number two. Woodrow at 15 and 5 is at number 3 Morgantown with a 16 and 4 record is at number 4 GW also with a 16 and 4 record coming in at number 5 Moving on to class AA Fairmont Senior comes in at number 1 with a 17 and 3 record Chapmanville 18 and 4 at number 2 Bluefield up two spots this week with a 17 and 3 record at number 3 Mingo Central also up two spots this week 16 and 4 coming in at number 4. Polka drops two spots at 15 and 5. The dots are number 5. And finally, going to the class single A basketballnight.com boys power ratings. Willing Central Catholic, the Maroon Knights are 19 and 1 and number 1. Fayetteville, the Pirates, still undefeated 20 and 0. But they're at number two. Notre Dame, 15 and 5. Number three, Ravenswood. The Red Devils are 17 and 2. And at number four. And the Gilmer County Titans are 17 and 2. And they round out the top five. That's your basketballnight.com power ratings. They'll be online in just a moment at basketballnight.com. Of course, basketballnight.com all season long. Your one stop shop for all things high school basketball in the state of West Virginia. You know, one of our guests from a couple of weeks ago in studio is back on the phone with us. Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's, 3R, 
93 Light Rock. You know I have to say R R R. I love the I love the challenge. That's three Craig. times. Yep. <laughs> we just keep a count here of how many times I say W R R. But uh, Craig, first off, welcome back into Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, thank you guys. I'm glad to be able to get your report. I couldn't last week. My voice was all terrible and still fighting off a little bit illness I had the last couple of weeks, but I think everybody's been having that. And luckily, I didn't have many home games at St. Mary's High School, but I did get to see a good bit this week once I started feeling better. And I actually saw the boys' loss for St. Mary's at Frontier High School in Ohio, and that was just the game that was unlike themselves. Um, they allowed a team that get, only get their fifth win of the year going into postseason play. Frontier is a much better team now uh, as a squad going into their postseason play. And, of course, St. Mary's is not fully 100% yet. They're still reeling with the, the loss of one of their seniors right now uh, who suffered a concussion versus Magnolia at the little general shootout uh, about two weeks ago. So I think he should be ready to go when they take on Roan County tomorrow in the LKC Consolation over at the Waco Center in Glenville, which should be a good matchup. I think St. Mary's probably be a little bit favored in that matchup. But Roan County's a team that over the last couple of years have really rebuilt themselves in the conference. And we see many other teams have that uh, like story. But honestly, this week, the St. Mary's girls took uh, center stage over at St. Mary's High School. Had a very emotional week. Um, we saw a young lady who had not dressed all year for St. Mary's as a senior who had been fighting cancer. Uh, has been cancer-free for about three or four weeks now. She got her 15th practice in Monday night and was able to uh, suit up for the uh, Lady Devils on Tuesday night. She started the game on senior night. And she scored the final basket as the Valley Lumberjills graciously let her take the last shot in the game. And it's very uh, emotional for everyone that night. Nine seniors for St. Mary's uh, possibly played their last game at home this season for the Lady Devils. Well, St. Mary's girls will play Tyler Consolidated on Tuesday at Payton City. Is that correct? That's correct. I saw that game tonight. Tyler Consolidated uh, came out very strong uh, to begin with. They got senior Leah Black leading the way with them, and then they have a lot uh, a sophomore duo that really uh, tallied on the points. Jolie Walton and Josie Jones uh, for the Lady Knights are just a couple young ladies that watch out for in that matchup. Last time they played, uh, they took it to overtime over in Tyler Consolidated and almost came away with the win, but Kylie Buzzard hit the last uh, second shot to give St. Mary's a 70-69 to 69 win in that one. So you look at those matchups in the Region 1 Section 2, those ought to be probably some of your best matchups that evening because Ritchie County and Magnolia, the 3-2 and two matchup, or the 2-3 and three matchup, they uh, split early this season. Uh, Magnolia took a four-point win earlier in the year, and I know uh, Ritchie had a much more convincing win later in the season. And Richie might be still reeling. Maybe, maybe they thought they should have deserved the two seed, but it's hard to go, and you don't you don't know until you play those games. And yes, that Tyler consolidated St. Mary's matchup. It ought to be another good one. Tyler's uh, kept a lo- kept close in a lot of games this year. Just a lot of them have not gone their way. And Blue Devils, Lady Devils, here lately. Uh, hopefully, they won't be still playing off emotion and have a great game by some of their leaders like Kylie Buzzard and especially Jordan Fox, who's been the vocal leader all season for St. Mary's. You know, sometime this summer we've got to do that bowling competition, right? <laughs> uh, we do. Um, we do. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to set it up for the summer, not during the three-week period, so we can make sure Coach Marone's still available as well because That's I think true. our basketball night crew might need Coach Marone. 
Uh, he he's been busy. I'll give him a lot of credit. He's been busy with them, late, uh, Lady Running Rebels. They, uh, I, w- I wish the best of luck for them being the two seed, and of course being the section with St. Joe's. You know, it's, it's a hard deal for them and everything, but they, it's, it's a challenge. I think he was willing to accept when I got to talk to him there. You just got to be able to play your your best potential from each game and wish his Tulsa team the best. <laughs> That's uh, Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. Craig, always a pleasure. Got it in four times there. Hey, there we go. And I'll try to keep you updated on anything sectional-wise uh, for the boys coming up on Monday. I'm sure Region 1 will be having their meeting Monday, and hopefully some of the media – uh, people up here will give me information. I'll try to pass along your way. Sounds great, and glad that Craig is feeling better as well. Once again, Craig Dutton, WRRR in St. Mary's. I have a minimum five times I have to mention that that station. I was just, just want to I think say, you got them all. I, I got them in there, yeah. But uh, you know, he mentioned not feeling well, and, and you know, let's be honest, this entire region, and when I say region, I don't mean by like drawn up by regional. I'm talking about like state of West Virginia. Parts of Ohio and Kentucky have just been battered by this illness. Where I work, we have people calling in to say that they're able to work versus calling in sick. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's, it's going, been around. going around. I, I've been able to avoid it for the most part, which is yeah, exactly. Uh, bad cold, but that was about it. Good luck avoiding it. I mean, there's about 20 people at work in our office, and I think what am I doing? I think I, everybody, but maybe one or two's had. <laughs> a part of it it's been it's it's definitely been something that uh, a lot of people have been fighting and to do so this close to the postseason i just hate that but anyway i'm doing well we're doing well here let's just hope that stays that way we're gonna step aside take a break when we come back we'll have much more only 30 minutes left in this program wow this is basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Well, you've got about 10 minutes left to vote in this week's poll. And the question is... Should video replay be used by officials during the state tournament games? Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see it, the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you've got till 11.45 tonight. We'd like for you to vote. A shout-out to, of course, Cheyenne Dunham. She is our newest standout athlete of the week, and we want you to um, go to our website, Go to the tab, Standout Athlete of the Week tab, and fill that out. We'd like you to nominate your athletes as a Standout Athlete of the Week. You'll find the nomination form there. Take it from there, and uh, we appreciate you, everybody that has filled out forms, and let us meet all these great people. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Just got some new folks following us. That guy, Tyler Moore, Michael Hurst, we mentioned him earlier, John Wood, Cameron, and Big Dog Down. Thank you so much for being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us again at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, and we'll mention you when you see, we see you join us. Mark Akers. 
Hello, Mark. Mark just joined us seconds ago. Follow us online, basketballnight.com. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. It's 11.34 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Dave Morrison, Joe Limble. Happy to have you along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can always tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. You can... Call in at one eight five five seventy eight hoops. That's one eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven. You would have thought I would have given the phone number out before now, but we have so many people who have called in tonight. We've had a jam packed show for the last two and a half hours. And it really has flown by. I mean, you guys were right. Fastest three hours. I always think my show goes pretty fast. It's only an hour, uh, but this really flew by. And I think it's the subject and the folks talking about the subject. You, you guys do a great job. This is uh, the concept, everything, beautiful. We're happy to have you here in, uh, in, in the uh, ESPN, the ticket tank. That, that rolled in here and parked along Howgreer Boulevard in Huntington, uh, just outside of our studios in the communications building at Marshall University, who has been so gracious to uh, allow us this space. And you, you talk about it's the people that we talk to and that they are the backbone of this show, along with the people who are behind the scenes who make it all work. There, there are too many to name, and they all deserve praise, thanks, and yeah. uh, they're the guys who do the work, guys. They, they do the lifting. We just kind of, we're the foreman of the operation. I they, like that. They we make, just, they make our job easy. We just, you know, we just show up and start talking basketball and have fun doing it. Well, one of those personalities that helps make this program what it is <laughs> is from the Martinsburg Journal. It's Rick Kozlowski, folks. That means it is, in fact. Cause time as Rick Kozlowski joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And I brought him in so soon that our folks in the back, no matter how good they are, I beat them. <laughs> They'll catch up quickly, mind you. But yeah, I, I was able to get, get Cause in here before the, uh, before the music was ready. Welcome to the show, Rick. It's the great and wonderful Cause. I'm bad to the bone. <laughs> the great hey, and hey, the great and powerful. Hey, that that's right, cause the great and powerful cause. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain that is bathed like a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Pay no attention to no, the man sir, behind the. In, What's no, that? Sir, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> the blizzard of cause. Hey, Rick, I understand uh, you know our guest host tonight fairly well. You should ask Dave about a, uh, a trip that we took at uh, about 3 in the morning one night. Rescue <laughs> mission. Well, that uh, was uh, quite the trip, and uh, I believe we got back to Martinsburg about 5 a.m. maybe, and uh, well, not lots of nice stories. Uh, you even mentioned a, a Jeffrey Dahmer story in there whoa 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 nice story jeffrey dahmer story what uh there's a possibility 
that uh, I ran away from D- Jeffrey Dahmer. That's the uh, real short version. You were at Marquette about that time, weren't you? Uh, yes. Wow. Scary. And I was uh, kind of, uh, well, I was young, I was a male, and I was skinny, which fit the descriptions of what <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer seemed to enjoy. <laughs> All right, if you, if, for our listeners who don't know of Jeffrey Dahmer, believe it or not, we know we have a lot of younger ones who may not. Um, you'll have to Google that. Guys will say We're Google. not going into that. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Let's turn this back into the, the Wizard of Cause. I like, I like that. That took a dark turn on us. Let's go. Let's brighten the mood here a little bit. Uh, Rick Martinsburg picks up a nice win over Spring Mills. Musselman hammers Hedgesville tonight on the road. And I saw none of them. I know. You, you just retweeted those scores. I thought, uh-oh, Rick didn't go to this game tonight. I was I was watching gory and blood and guts at the tough man. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to continue the story. <laughs> I was afraid. There were, you're like, no, we've, already, we've turned this the right way. But, um, yeah, yeah, tough man. Hey, I have to, you know, before we get into that, I have to, I have to ask a question of Dave. You shoot. Uh, have uh, Have you seen Elle McPherson lately? <laughs> well, whoever said that, you could ask them if they've seen Matthew McConaughey recently. And uh, I have not uh, actually seen Elle McPherson recently. Describe recent. It's been a couple of weeks. Well, I don't know. Is she in the Sports Illustrated uh, uh, swimsuit edition? Well, if I saw her, that would probably be where it was had I got that great, continued to get that great magazine. But I know where that came from, and you could tell her, ask her if she's seen Matthew McConaughey. And and we are at Huntington. Uh, Matthew McConaughey was here, of course, at Marshall Games. And uh, You know, I'll, I'll try to tweet out a picture of Matthew McConaughey and I from uh – I, I, I met Matthew McNamara. No, not really. He knows everybody. I mean, <laughs> he was nah. actually in the press box. I was covering a game at Marshall at that time, and uh, hey, you want to come over and meet Matthew McConaughey? Was like, no, not really. <laughs> um, I known he modeled, modeled his hair after Dana Holgerson. I might have went over there and shook his hand. You didn't know who Dana Holgerson was when that happened. Not, not when that happened. Yeah, right. yeah, it was back in uh, 2006. Uh, but but Rick, uh, we're, we're getting ready for the postseason. It's an important time for these teams, and right now, Martinsburg appears to be playing maybe the best even after that loss to uh, Musselman earlier in the year. Oh, I think uh, when you look at the seedings, uh, boy, let me just uh, preface this by saying I hate the whole idea of voting. In some places, because teams don't play each other, Maybe it's what you have to do. But in the case of the Eastern Panhandle, where there's the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference, six teams, if people are voting the way they should, they would vote the way the standings go, one through six. Uh, Hampshire is also in the region. Hampshire has one win, so we can kind of drop them down to the bottom. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it should be real simple. Martinsburg gets the top seed, Musselman is second, Hedgesville's third, 
Spring Mills is fourth in one section. And the other section, it should be Washington, Jefferson, and Hampshire based on regular season results against each other. Now, whether that plays out that way, I think it probably will in Section 1, which is the Berkeley County section. The other one, it's, it's hard to tell. But the voting goes on tomorrow, which, again, I'm going to go off on one of my tangents. Why do we vote before the regular season ends? There's still games next week. What do you think, Dave? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And, Kaz, I'd ask you this question as well. What do you think about a mandate, maybe from the SSAC, that sectional opponents are required to meet one another at least twice throughout the regular season? And I, I agree with that, what you said there. It's ridiculous to do this sectional seating before the season ends. There's a, a big game in our area involving Wyoming East and Bluefield next week, which might have impacted the way people voted at top seeding. But uh, what do you think about a mandate for having sectional teams required to meet uh, at least twice uh, in the regular season? I've always favored that. And I can see currently in some of the, some of the lower divisions where it might be impossible because they, they have expanded some sections so large in double A and single A that travel might be an issue. But I think if you're, if you're in the section, you should be playing the teams in your section. Uh, I think it's pretty simple. Dave, I agree with you. I don't understand. I, I think that I would have a hard time believing somebody could vote uh, legitimately on a team they've never seen. And you are right. I mean, you, you get in some of these single-way situations where if you played your section opponents twice and your region opponent on the other side, once your 22-game schedule would be filled. So there would have to be some, some different ways of going about things. But I, I do think that at least in the section – you should be playing every team in that section. And then you could seed accurately having seen that team twice. Yeah, I don't think there's any reason to be voting then. You base it on, on results. Yeah, and that's why you're... It's done in so many other sports. But you're exactly it's right. They should not be seeding right now. Results. Definitely should not be seeding right now. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, an easy um, statement there. I think we're just a little bit too soon. Hey, Rick, always a pleasure. Uh, I'm glad we got to talk with you tonight, and hope you enjoyed Tough Man. How'd you do in Tough Man, by the way? Oh, if he was uh, in a heat oh wait, wait. No, you were covering Tough Man. Oh, sorry. I got my story in on time. How's that? There, hey, <laughs> that makes it. You're a champion. That, that's a win. That's definitely jack. that's definitely a win. Hey, Rick Kozlowski, Martinsburg Journal. Always a pleasure. We've got to step aside, take our final break. When we come back, we'll get our poll question for the week and get you a final scoreboard, and we'll wrap things up here from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night from 9 to midnight, we're the home for high school basketball in the Mountain State. 
This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want to thank all of our radio affiliates throughout the Mountain State. And if you know a radio station that should be carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, let us know. We'd like to be on your station, too. Of course, you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State now, including the all-new 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Big thank you to Mike Graham. 94 Rock, WRLF in Fairmont. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP in Spencer. 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington. 97.9 FM, WSBWLP in Parkersburg. 101.1 101.1 FM, WVWP, LP in Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburg, Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 106.7 FM, WHFI in Linside, 95, The Sports Fox, WBES in Charleston, our friends in Logan, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW. Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort Gay, WMTD, The Ticket, 102.3 in Hinton, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP, Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL. High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.48 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. Dave Morrison has been with us. Marquez Davila joins us right now. And uh, Marquez, you have a check on our uh, poll question from last week as well as uh, tonight's poll question. Yes, Ryan, I have the poll question from last week, and it was should video replay be used by officials during the state tournament games only? Um, 57% people said yes, 43% said no. And the poll question that we've come up for this week, uh, should sectional teams be mandated to play each other in the regular season? All right, yes or no is the are the options, and you can check that out on basketballnight.com. That will go live here in uh, just a few moments. And, uh, Joe, right now, it's time to do a scoreboard, and we are so close. We're one score away from having every score. I wanted to hear the bell. And it's a game in New Jersey to boot. Yeah, yeah it's part of the uh, – the uh, Association of uh, Schools of the Deaf from the Eastern uh, Seaboard, uh, uh, the West Virginia School of the Deaf, uh, playing in that. And we haven't been able to get a final score for their game just yet. So that's what we've been chasing after. But you know what? You take the top half of the boys. I'll take the bottom half of the boys' scores. And uh, then I'll turn the girls' sectional over to you as well. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. It was a close one as Kobe Brown hit one at the buzzer to lift Cameron over Bel Air, Ohio, 65-64. St. John's, Ohio- John's, Ohio, over Valley Wetzel tonight, 72-66. 
It was Harrison Central of Ohio over Weir, 63-53. Peyton City over Frontier, Ohio tonight, 52-40. Steubenville Catholic over Magnolia tonight, 65-60. It was Indian Creek, Ohio, 51-40. It was Billsville, Ohio, falling to the 100 Hornets, 89-69. And it was Monroe Central, Ohio, over the CBs of Clay Vitale, 63-45. It was St. Clairsville, Ohio, over John Marshall, 66-55. It was uh, Parkersburg South over Beaver Local, Ohio, 92-59. And it was Oak Glen, the Golden Bears, over Wheeling Park. Or correction, it was Wheeling Park over Oak Glen, 67-54. All these uh, Oak, uh, Ohio Valley Athletic Conference games tonight. And uh, other scores from across the state of West Virginia. It was the Ripley Vikings over Cabell Midland, 84-89. Parkersburg, the Big Reds over Spring Valley, 70-57. Riverside over St. Albans, 47-39. George Washington over the Hurricane Redskins, 62-42. Tigers Valley over Pocahontas County, 87-59. East Hardy over Moorefield, 47-41. Pendleton County over Petersburg, 81-64. And it was... Paul Paul winning tonight over Legacy Christian, 63-48. Other boys scores tonight. The Union Tigers defeat Bishop Walsh, Maryland, 60-54. Philip Barber defeats Berkeley Springs, 81-50. It was Lincoln County defeating Buchanan Upshur, 56-43. The Sherman Tide defeats Buffalo tonight, 47-38. Fayetteville is 20-0 after the Pirates defeat James Monroe, 72-46 the final tonight in Fayetteville. Also, it was Frankfurt beating Hampshire, 58-51. Bluefield bounces back from a loss to Westside earlier this week with a 56-46 victory in Lewisburg over the Greenbrier East Spartans. Greenbrier West defeats Montcalm, 75-50. Cavaliers get the win. Musselman defeats Hedgesville, 50-30. It was Polka in overtime defeating Herbert Hoover, 51-48. Polka continues to be one of those teams that could win it all or not even get out of sectional play. It was Kaiser defeating Southern Garrett, Maryland, 61-59. Liberty Harrison defeats Tyler Consolidated, 59-52. Martinsburg picks up a 75-56 victory over Spring Mills. Midland Trail defeats Richwood, 77-73. Mingo Central beats Nitro tonight, 65-60. It was Pikeview over Van, 84-64. Princeton over Wyoming East, 55-44. West McKinney unable to join us tonight, but that was a big win for the Tigers. Riverview defeats Liberty Raleigh, 54-50. It was Mount View over Summers County, 66-53. Westside defeats Oak Hill 66-47, and Logan picks up a road win at Winfield 51-45. Take a look at the girls' side of the scoreboard. In sectional action tonight, it was Tyler Consolidated over Payton City 51-26. Doddridge County picks up a win tonight, knocking off Tigers Valley 53-42. Calhoun County downs Work County 55-32. Ravenswood over Wahama, 80-28. The Van Bulldogs will continue on in sectional play as they down Buffalo, 40-37. Sherman 
big winner tonight over Hannon, 58-27. And it was Rick Maroons, Tulsa Lady Rebels, defeating Tug Valley tonight, 69-32. All those are sectional play. Now onto some uh, regular games on the girls' side. The Morgantown Mohegans beat Beaver Local of Ohio, 66-36. We've got a score in that West Virginia School of the Death. They fall tonight to Marie uh, Cadenbach, New Jersey, 51-22. Riverview, the Raiders over Liberty Raleigh, 68-26. Bridgeport downs Elkins, 49-37. University Hawks downs John Marshall, 71 44. It was the Lady Tigers of Princeton picking up a win over the Lady Tigers of Shady Springs, 63-22. Charleston Catholic picks up a win over Richwood, 48-34. Hampshire, big winner tonight over Fort Hill, Maryland, 54-49. It was the Greater Beckley Christian Crusaders over Grace Christian tonight, 49-29. And Harmon downs Pawpaw, 63 to 16. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. All right. There we go. That means we have every score of every game played Got by them all. West Virginia team. You know what tonight. I always, every time I hear a pawpaw score, I want to ask, how'd Mama do? <laughs> pawpaw uh, didn't do too well tonight. That's way, that's way up there. I knew exactly where that is. Uh, pawpaw represented on our set. Paul shirt right below Joe Linville there. We now. do not have the Mama no. jersey. So, no. Paul, and if you're from the southern part of the state, you know what I'm saying. Hey, it's incredible that – you know there's like a Paul Paul in almost every state. Wow. I, 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 I've been to Paul Paul, Illinois. Stopped at the gas station there. Uh, been through uh, – they're just all over the place, guys. It's just incredible. But, hey, two and a half minutes left in the program here, and um, – what a, what a foundation that we have now for the postseason. We're kind of some things clearing up in some cases, things getting a little murky. And uh, Dave, I talked about Polka there just a second ago, ago being a type of team that could win it all or have trouble getting out of its section. I think Bluefield's in that same boat in Double A in terms of getting out of a region. Well, I I think Bluefield in boys basketball is in Region Three, head and shoulders. Above the other, although you're you're correct, and it's been proven Shady Spring had a victory over Bluefield, although Cody Fuller missed that game. But uh, I, I think if you look at what Bluefield's done, they have beat Polka. Granted, no Luke Frampton, so it. I, I think that Bluefield potentially could lose to a Shady Spring, and, but I don't see I don't see it happening. I think. More on the other side, Wyoming East and West Side are going to be battling for that number one seed, and then you've got Independence in there. Independence has not beaten Wyoming East since 2006. So the law of averages, in all their games, three times they've played the season, eight points. They decided those three games, four points in a double overtime game. So you see how close they are, and you're talking about a Wyoming East and West Side possibly not advancing to the co-final, which they have for the, the past few years. And Joe, you're looking at double-A region four uh, quickly here. Scott is kind of the overlooked team, and they had, a, a quite frankly, a bad start to the season. But they've improved drastically over the year. So many people talk about, and rightfully so, Mingo Central, Chapmanville Regional, and Logan in that section. 
Scott could be a spoiler. They could. I mean, they picked up a big, I mean, a big upset this week. It surprised everyone with the win over Sissonville. You never know when tournament time comes in, you know, the adrenaline flowing, the, you know, you, your program's in place, you know, you could pull off an upset like we saw tonight and by this time next week we should know the winners of most if not all of the sectionals in girls high school basketball across the state of west virginia and where the seeds are for the boys as kai said they may know something tomorrow after the vote everything starts to line up we thank you for watching and joining us and listening to basketball friday night in west virginia we will be with you once again next friday night 9 to midnight, the fastest three hours in radio, and it's almost all postseason next week. Still some boys' regular season games. We'll cover them. Girls' postseason will be in full swing in one week. We can't wait. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And thanks for joining us wherever you are. Have a fantastic weekend. Be back with you next Friday night at 9 o'clock. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.